on this episode of Quantum Week, December 3rd through 9th, 1982. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about the movies, music, headlines, our personal stories from that time. And we are in uh, the beginning of December 1982. We're talking 48 Hours and Shock the Monkey by Peter Gabriel. Right. We don't know what we're doing next week. We got the polls going. Oh, because that's going to determine what we do. Yeah. Polls are red hot right now. Wait a minute, though. So when do the polls end? Polls will end on, we'll know what we're doing mid-Saturday. Okay. So by that time... So by the time people hear this, we'll have a pretty good idea. We'll have to tape like sort of midweek next week. Then. Yeah, I think so, we're going to okay. tape. I think we said like maybe Wednesday and Saturday or something like that. Yeah. Something. No, Wednesday and Friday because it'll go out on no. Saturday and well, Sunday. Way. I don't yes. remember. Okay. Yes. You get your Friday and Saturday mixed up, I think. No, I think you're getting it mixed up. We Last could tape, time we could tape on Saturday. Tape on Friday. Or we could tape on Saturday and have it Oh, on for Sunday. Sunday. Right, right, right. That's, That's right. Okay, yeah. Um, but we don't know. Yeah, right now, uh, Saving Silverman uh, is one of the four nominees. Um, What's like Days to Confuse has a lead? And what's the other one that won yesterday? Um, no. I don't even know. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, Not I know. Is that The Water Boy? The Water Boy. I can't a lot of fi- comedies. I, I can't figure out if people want us to cover a bad movie or a good movie, though. Yeah. People have kind of rejected the bad movies. Like half of the, quote unquote, the bad, like the terrible, like Showgirls, right. whatever. Like, like half of the pool, I would say, were quote unquote, like bad movies. And those got, those like finished and like didn't do very well. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're like moving towards the middle though, where things like the yeah. water boy are and like, yeah, but not, you know, not an Same extreme saving silver, man. right? Like, not an not extreme a, good, yeah. not because there are extreme goods or potentially right. extreme goods. Right. And then, you know, like LA confidential or, or, like or at least interesting, right. but no, we're either it's and not even bad. Not showgirls. Not there were some other terrible ones on there. Too, yeah. The, the land, but oh, minions land of the lost lost no. land before time. It hasn't come up yet. Well, Oh, is that By next the time, time these people hear? Okay, it. right, but Minions, right, Minions. Minions, yeah. So Maybe four times not a bad cartoon. Uh, right, Minions right. is like legitimately terrible. I guess I haven't seen it, but it looks terrible. I but don't, that didn't do very well, right? So I don't know. Maybe people Very like, strange. Maybe people like us more than last year, or I don't know. Well, they, no, but the problem is now it's going to be mediocre. Like, is the mediocre one going to win? It's what, what do they want? It's what they want? Whatever they want. It's what they but want. listen, if you get a if you give us a mediocre show, what are we going to do with that? Can't hate it. Can't love it. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure we can find something to talk about. Um. <laughs> I have something to talk about. Yeah. Uh, starting January 1st. Well, really, January 3rd is uh, I have a new podcast, man. <laughs> you do? <laughs> I do. Uh, I'm sure by now you know, uh, but the podcast is called uh, At a Theater Near Me. And what I'm going to do is for the year of 2022, I'm going to go to the movie theaters every single day for the entire year. I'm going to go to see a different movie every in the single, theaters, every in single the day. theaters, every single day. Okay. Um, well, I got to say this right off the top. You're not going anywhere on January 1st, though, so you're not doing it for the entire uh, year, you I, fucking I, ass. I am. I am doing it. January Wait, how are you? Do- oh, you yes. are, oh yes. you're going. It's the, the show. On KMS. So, right. So I'm going to go. I haven't listened to that today. I, I know. Okay. The, you're asking this. He had, he had the same question, so maybe it's not clear. Uh, so I'm going to go to movies January 1st. I'm going to go to movies January 2nd. And then that night of January 2nd, I'm going to record a show. And it's going to drop the morning of January 3rd. Oh, I thought you were I doing. I see the movie before I. No, I thought you were going. I thought you were. Oh, see, I didn't know that was your pattern. Yes. I thought you were going to go. So I thought it would be something like January 1st, January 2nd. Oh, and then right. It would have to drop on the. See? I see. see? This is the thing. It's like, I had you some thought time. This I had to think about this the a little days. bit. Two, January you 3rd. It's a Monday. Uh, the podcast will come out. It's going to be about a half hour long. It's going to come out every other day. Um, so, and that counts as weekends too. So, um, and I'll be going to the movie theater on weekends. So. 
you know, the first week will be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, yeah. Tuesday, Thursday. You know how it's yeah, kinda, yeah. You know, Not like most working stiffs. You're gonna work on the weekends. That's right. Uh, so it's gonna be every other day. Uh, the show's gonna be about a half hour long. Um, the first ten minutes or so are gonna be like my strategies or whatever hiccups or whatever problems came up. Um, because I think that's probably gonna be the most interesting part from for the majority of the listeners. Yeah. And then I'm gonna do two spoiler free movie reviews. Uh, on the back end of each episode. So if you're like, oh, I kind of just really care about Christmas story. I don't really care about some movie I'll never see. Then you could skip that. I mean, I'm gonna try to make the reviews. If you like this show, you chances are you probably like movie reviews. I'm gonna try to make the reviews as fun as possible. So like sure. the, if the movie's a complete like just not much to say about it, then I'll probably talk about the actors involved or the directors involved or um you know or just have some random movie discussion. Um, but that's kind of the plan. I know. Uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of the idea. Okay. Um, I'm gonna produce it myself. <laughs> Which I'm scared. You'll, I have, be, you'll be fine. I have the, the roadcast. So I have the same machine that we do, uh, Matt uses to produce this show. I, I it have it in my sound house just now. as good. Honestly, sure. <laughs> uh, Matt will help me set it up. Definitely. Which is nice. And then uh, I'm on my own, which is scary. Uh, I'm much more scared about the producing aspect than I am about. Of course. Because the thing you don't, like you don't know. The element of losing my mind with it. But um, Well, that's because that's at least two or three weeks off. I would you know what so. I mean? <laughs> Uh, the strategy too, like, so one of the things that you're going to hear, I think a lot with the show is, uh, hashtag, uh, oldest movies first. So like, you don't want to see a movie that comes out that week, right? No. You want to see a movie near the end of its run, um, to give yourself time to see the movies that are the newest ones. Right. And then obviously, uh, if you have like some theaters will play like, like Rocky four just came out like one night only. So things like that, I'm going to rush to you see because yeah. it almost buys me a day. Right. Um, but I'm going, I'll go anywhere. So, um, I will also talk really openly about how much this costs. Like I'm going to have um, it very detailed as far as you know, whether gas, it be cost. Ga- gas, but also like the ticket cost. So like sure. I'm going to have, um, I have a pass already for AMC um, that lets me into three AMC movies every week. And then I'm also going to get the Regal pass, which I think is like close to unlimited. Um, so I'll have both those things covered there. And then, uh, but I'll also go to other theaters that, you know, if I just did Regal and AMC, I would run out of movies. Sure. So I have to go to, you gotta go to some of these smaller theaters sure. that play some old movies, whatever. I mean, there's two theaters in Boston that do play like really old random movies, like all the time. And then I think Coolidge theater. And then I uh, was a Brattle theater, maybe the two. And then I know film form in New York. Uh, right. Mm. Uh, I used to work right around the corner from there. Uh, and I used to go to film form all the time. I saw hard days night there. I yeah. saw, uh, d- um, a double indemnity there. They'll play old movies all the time. What about, uh, would you count something like the mub? Go and uh, no. on UNH, you won't count that. I don't. Cause they mm. do show. They do. As long as you know, I do. You, count, do, you have to buy a ticket. Yeah. I count. I, I will count the mub as long as it's a, um, it might help you. Right, but it can't be. I'm not going to go. I can't be like a student film, like you know what I mean. No, has, no, no. They but they sell. It has to be a show for their their film class. So the, uh, right, tons of movies. Right, so I think I think that would count. I, okay. I think so. I would try not to use that card too many times. Um, but okay, I think that but it has to be like a feature. It can't be like a oh I made this in my basement and you know it has to be something that was released. No, at no, one no, time. No, I, yeah, that, yeah, that shouldn't count. So uh-huh. the film festival either. Like New Hampshire Film Festival. Oh, that will count. You will, those count are, it. those are, but it's only, that's easy enough. Like, yeah. I mean, I saw some uncut gems there. Um, oh, okay. The Lighthouse was there. Yeah. Like I've seen some major films there. I got like, it. So yeah, th- those, as long as it's released by a studio. Okay. Um, it'll count, but it's not, yeah, it can't be something someone made in their garage. Um, yeah. So I might have to go to New York. I might have to, you know, then like weather might be a factor. I might have to like spend some nights in some hotels that are close to the theater. If it's, if I know it's going to snow the next day, sometimes I gotta, movie, movie theaters will, uh, will close on the, uh, that's happened to me in a winter storm before. That's my fear. So that's where I 
Like, that's what I'm afraid of. So I might, I might need to try to plan ahead, like try to get a hotel room, like go down south for, I don't know. That, that's, that could be challenging. I'm hoping that won't come up. Right. Because that would, that's the only element of this that I have. That would be a hard one to plan because you can't. I know. You can't leave during a storm to go south, far enough south to find a movie theater. Kirk was saying I should just move to Florida for a couple months. I'm like, well. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> it's not. Cost would skyrocket. What is that? It's cost would skyrocket. No, it'll make it expensive. Yeah. Uh, no. So uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see, but that's the plan. So I am, I am excited for it. I, ha- I tried to think this out a little bit, um, and hopefully it can be a fun project. Um, yeah, so, uh, you can go, uh, listen to the trailer right now. Uh, it's at a theater near me. The trailer should be everywhere. Um, and if you, uh, if you like this show, you can go and maybe give that, uh, subscribe to at a theater, which would be great. And maybe give it a five-star review. Twitter too. Yeah. My Twitter, it's, uh, at, so it's the at symbol yeah. and then at a theater. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like at, at, at heater. At, 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 at. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, you can, yeah, I'm on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter there uh, as well. I'll have like more update stuff. And there's even Instagram. But all I want to do with the Instagram is post pictures of the theaters I go to. That's cool. So every new theater I go to will get a picture on the Instagram feed. That's, you know, that's all the Instagram feed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, it will be fun. I think so. And it will be I think good. it's an exciting proje- project. We'll see what happens. Yes. I mean, but there has to be danger for it to be entertaining. I or, think so too. There has or, to be like things that come up. Right? Yeah, it has to be, be like totally like horrible theater experiences yes. or like, yes. you know, like walk into some places, diarrhea all the floor. That's the other issue too, is if you get sick in some way, like you get, you have a stomach. I don't, I don't ever really get sick. I know. I say that now. Right. Right. COVID is the ultimate. So I am getting my booster on December 27th. Um, Woohoo. I'm, tr- I'm trying to plan ahead for that as well. Um, so hopefully I'll be covered there. Um, I just mean a rant, like a cold or just a stomach bug or something. Right. That yeah. I, I don't really get sick. Um, but right. I mean, I have been sick in my life. It's not like I never get sick. So right. I'm not, not invincible. So, um, right. No, it could happen. I have to like tough it out, I guess. Either tough it out or you have to, you know, bend the rules a little bit for that one. I don't think I would. I mean, if you, I think that's the whole point. Well, you know, if you're sick, you don't want to go somewhere else and like sneeze on them. Oh, maybe you should. COVID is the one thing where I'd be like, uh, uh, that's not good. I might have to yeah, stay home. Yeah. But other than COVID, I, I think I'd really try to muscle it out. I even the poops? Sit next to anybody. Even, the, even, the, even the poops? The poops? Well, there's bathrooms with theaters. <laughs> yes. I've shitting them before, man. I bet you have. Yeah. Yeah. You, anywhere you go. Uh, no, no, that's not true. I'm not running around. I have, no, I haven't. No, I have shit in your house. Uh, I haven't. Sh- I, don't, I don't shit that many places. I don't know. Do I shit a lot of places? I don't know. I, don't I have know. no idea. I don't think I shit. Like, and it's, like, I'm not like a crazy person right now. I'm shitting in different bathrooms that was a weird picture of you i guess of how you live the rest of your life outside of this room just pooping and burping everywhere you go i try to shit at home you know that's a that's a better option yeah i don't i don't like shitting in public places but no. I, I mean i will if i have to it's I mean, fine you, you i mean if I, I that would not hold me back if i had like a stomach ache i would still go you just go anyway yeah, yeah of course out. you have to like if there's something that's gonna hold you up you can't do a project like this it's true yeah all right you're very brave thank you yeah uh yeah check it out yes i'm looking forward <laughs> to it <laughs> yeah i know i will <laughs> All right, good. That's one. Um, yes, uh, ready to talk about 48 hours? You yes. Else? Uh, no, we can talk about 48 hours. Uh, doesn't really hold up. Um, script is uh, piss poor. I think I give it like a C, C minus. The only thing that makes it really good, or the only thing that saves it is, of course, Nolte and, um, and Eddie Murphy, who are both very charismatic and uh, fun to watch on screen. But the script is so bad that it was really hard for me to deal with. So thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs down. Yeah, C minus, thumbs down for me. Um, so, Are you, I, re- I thought you were going to kill me on this. No, kill so, me. No, this is disappointing. Um, I was actually really disappointed because, uh, you know, I've been saying a number of times how I'm on this like little Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Murphy-sance, yes, Eddie yes, Murphy yes. renaissance here where we saw um, 
uh, Beverly Hills Cop, Hills Cop, which I love more than Matt did. I yeah, but that was, was still way fantastic. better. Fantastic. Way better than uh, this. And then um, Coming to America, right, which very good. Both, we both love that one. Um, so I'm like, oh, wow, some of these movies from the 80s, Eddie Murphy ones I haven't seen in a while, they really hold up. And this, by no fault of Eddie Murphy, just does nope. not. And it's really, uh, it's really Walter Hill. Uh, Walter Hill directed The Warriors, which I also <laughs> saw pretty recently. Uh, that is just a bad movie. It's a weird thing that that's such a cult movie. I guess it's such an interesting concept, maybe? It's an interesting concept. But no, it's, I saw it recently too, and I was like, what the fuck am not, I watching? It's not a good movie. It's, yeah. it's actually a bad movie. Yeah. Um, and this, you know, this even uses a couple of the actors. Um, right. David Patrick Kelly and yes. then uh, James Remar, both obviously in Warriors. Do you know what, uh, uh, Kelly? In my, did you ever see Dream? Was it Dreamscape with uh, with uh, Quaid with Dennis Quaid? No. Where he's a, he plays a psychic, and the bad guy is uh, is David Patrick Kelly, who gets goes into people's dreams and like turns into a snake person, and kills them. Oh, really? That's how. It, yeah, that was all over HBO when we were a kid. Huh? Yeah. That ever happened to you? Uh, no, I have lucid dreamed before, but uh, yeah, not, do, not too much. What do you dream about? Well, I don't remember a lot of my dreams lately. But I don't really remember my dreams often. I used to a lot more. I used to yeah. think about it more because I wanted to. I was lucid a couple times. Once I caught a bullet and died in my dream, which was really fucked up. Mm. And the other time, I think I've talked about this before too, where I woke up in my bedroom, but I, I wasn't actually awake. And I walked downstairs and the downstairs was completely different. And I, I realized I was asleep and everything got really solid um, when I was lucid. It was pretty, it was a really cool experience. It got mm. like solid, real uh, when you realize that you're, you're dreaming. Mm. Um, but it freaked me out. And so then I woke up. Yeah. Yeah. A little insight into Matt. A little insight into the head of the macaron. There it is. Yes. Come on in. You and your snake people. Well, hopefully David Patrick Kelly doesn't go into your dreams anymore. No. Um, uh, but he's uh, actually, I think he's a pretty good bad guy. I think he's a kind of a fun, weird character when he shows up and stuff. His character is, is I mean, this should, he's a great example of a character of why this just isn't a good movie. Yeah. So, like, he, you know, we're introduced to him. He's, his girlfriend gets kidnapped, which is, is scary and kind of terrifying. It is, yeah. Um, do we ever find out what happened to that girlfriend? Rosalie. Nope. <laughs> nope. So, like the beginning of the first act kind of hinges on that. Uh, you know, if you want, you want to call it, this movie doesn't really have acts, doesn't really have a story. No. But uh, the beginning of the movie at least hinges on on that, and then we never really get a resolution there. Uh, and then by you know, then he randomly kind of just gets killed for really no reason in that streetcar. Nope, no reason. So, like the whole character just kind of exists, obviously, as a plot point because Eddie Murphy kind of recognizes him and knows him. But then it just kind of just the point of him dr drifts away at that point. And, that's true. And it's just, was Rosalie in the bus? That was a girlfriend. Yes, she was in the but bus. But that's the last time we see her, I believe. I think you're right. Um, so we don't know. I, I don't. You said no. I think Nolte's okay. He's just kind of growling the whole time. No, but then he looks at you and he's got a lot of charisma and like yeah, I I think I think the problem was a script, and there's oh, just not a lot to direction. do with it. Yeah, the direction was terrible too. Uh, no, no, this, this is this is a it's a, this is a wildly overrated movie. It's a movie that critics uh, really loved at the time. Oh my god, either um, three and a half stars or something. I think I think people have cooled on it. A part of it is like just like the overt racism. Um, Nick Nolte is like calls Eddie Murphy the N word like multiple times, <laughs> yes. oftentimes like for no reason. He's he's I never he was he calls him watermelon too. Yeah, that's a that was a weird that's a weird one. Well, I, I know it's a, a common cliche. Was oh yeah, yeah, of course. But, um, but I don't know if that was. But like some deep cut racism too. So yeah, weird. Yeah, some weird yeah. things. Yeah, and then also just like just you know, just like said and they, and they had this bizarre fist fight that is just so stupid. Um, they're yeah. fighting really for almost no reason. And Eddie Murphy, you know, must weigh 145 pounds. Yeah, and Nick Nolte weighs like probably 240. And they're going punch for punch. They're going punch for punch. It's so it's just ridiculous. And they punch no. forever. Like they do. Like if you ever seen a fist fight. 
in real life. Doesn't like, last very long. They go, yeah, it's like five seconds. Yeah. Like, you know, a couple of hits and it's over. Yeah. Um, they're like trading blows. Like, yeah, it's like two minutes of, of trading blows. Hard. And Nick Lowe's like, a big guy. He is a big guy. It's so, and it, but it's like a pointless fight. And you're exactly right. It's pointless. They they don't, they, actually, this is a, the problem that I have in the script all over the place. It's, it's there's a this animation of emotion out of nowhere. Like it, there's almost like non sequitur emotion. So Nick Nolte gets fed. He's like, you're going to tell me the truth. You're going to tell me the right. truth right now or we're going to fight. You're gonna tell me it's the like, truth. what do you mean the truth? Like, what, why, like, why? Like you, who cares? Like, you're yeah. both trying to go get this guy. Like, just go get him. Yeah. And one of those things. Yeah, right. But it's a great point, Matt. Uh, they're fighting about something that, uh, at the end of the day, we really don't care about. And actually, at the end of the day, too, once you complete the movie, you realize it doesn't matter. It just it doesn't. It really has no, no it doesn't matter at all. No. Um, this movie is very frustrating to watch uh, because of what we know now. So we know now Eddie Murphy in the 80s was a comedic talent like maybe no other. Um, uh, obviously, you know, if you watch this movie in 1982, um, you know, you might know, oh, like, you know, if you watch SNL, you know, yes, Eddie Murphy's like incredible. Like yep. he's awesome. Right. But he only really completed one full season. He, the season before that, he didn't appear until December, uh, uh, of 1980. And by then he was like a featured player. You'd only see him once in a while Sure. by the end of the, and then uh, that season was cut short. Um, they ended up changing. Um, it was, uh, Gene, a woman named Gene, uh, Dalman, Dalminian, uh, was the, uh, showrunner. Uh, yes. it was the year after Warren Michaels left. And Jean was a friend of Woody Allen's. That's how she got the job. And they fired her. Uh, and then they brought in Dick Ebersole in 19, uh, the next season, which would have been uh, 81, 82. Right. And that's when Joe Piscopo really fought Freddie Murphy and got really Eddie to get some more stage time. Yes. And then once he did, obviously, oh. then the lightning's out of the bottle. And right. It's, it's, uh, He's so good. But he'd only really been on SNL for like, when, if you went and saw this movie in December, he'd only been on SNL really for a season and a half of real, honest yes. to God, stage time. Yes. And, um, in fact, when this movie came out, they were promoting it on SNL, obviously, and Nick Nolte was going to be the guest host. Oh, right. Uh, and he got sick. Uh. And, like, like, that day. Really? And who filled in for him but Eddie Murphy? Yeah. He was, a ca- it was the only time ever the cast member was the host. Oh, wow. And instead of saying live from New York and Saturday Night Live, or live from New York Saturday Night, he went live from New York and see Eddie Murphy show. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, kind of like having some fun with it. Yes. It was such a ridiculous thing, but right. it worked. And, yes. like, and really, people were like, no, it was a really good episode. Like, people had no problems with it. It wasn't like... I mean, imagine that happened today. It'd be like, you know. Who's going to host I that? I guess it'd be like McKinnon. I guess, yes. Yeah, she yeah, could Can you imagine McKinnon like hosting? Like, it'd just, it would be, it would be weird. Um, no, but you can absolutely imagine. Do it with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, especially the last minute too. Like, you know, he finds out that day, but he was so quick and, and so yeah. talented. He, he could make it work. Um, he's so young too. He's so, he's so like young. 21, he's 21 here. Something here. It's so crazy. And he's so confident. So watch this movie knowing what we know now. So yeah. if you watch it then, like my, my point, my larger point is if you watch it then, maybe you didn't know how talented he was. I mean, you knew, but you didn't know. But watching it now in 2021, 20, when you know his career, you know how talented he was in the 80s. Yes. You feel like the whole time he's like, he's being, mu- he's like muffled. I felt the exact same way. There's only way. one scene where they really let him go, and it's the best scene in the movie. You mean the one he, when he's in the the, uh, the the bar? Yes. Right, and he is very good there. Roger, That's the best Roger Ebert says it's the scene that makes him a star. I disagree with that. I mean, I think what makes him a star is SNL. Like, yeah. I mean, that, that's what made him a star. But right, if it, I'm sure Roger Ebert probably watched more movies and watched SNL. But if you're, you know, if you're, it's his first movie. To have a scene like that in your first movie. There's, you, it's full you, of people. Full of people. He's the only one talking. It's dead quiet. And he has to run that show, and he does. Not just run it; is 
by far the most entertaining scene in the movie. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's the most compelling scene in the movie. It's the most interesting, the most suspenseful. Right. It is it is the only really the only, I think the only scene in the movie that's like I would say, oh, it's a really good scene. Yes, I like, agree. I was riveted the entire time. Me too. The rest of the movie I really nah, I wasn't. No. Um it's it, but you can see from that though, you're like, all right, this is like like Ebert's point. Like you can see why he started, you know, then he gets trading places, then he does that terrible Dudley Moore thing, that doesn't really count. But then he does Beverly Hills Cop, right. and then it's then it's really off and running uh, from a movie standpoint. But you can start to see the Axel Foley character in that yes, scene. Yes, you can. And the other scenes, I guess Eddie you know, took this job. And he's like, well, I didn't want to do a straight com- I didn't want to do just a comedy, like a goofy comedy. I wanted to show that I could do some dramatic stuff. Well, because he's super athletic. Like, he can handle, he can handle, he can move. He can move, but I also think he wanted to be like, I want to be able to show I'm a dramatic actor. I'm, I'm funny every not every week on SNL. Right. I want to show that I can I can do some drama too. So they bring him into the movie and they were showing dailies to the studio and the studio wanted to fire Eddie Murphy. They're like, I don't know what this guy is. He's not really funny. They also didn't get his humor. So, because think about how new, because mm. this is the first time he'd seen Eddie Murphy movie. So they didn't really know what to make of him there. That's, and then that. they, they weren't, he wasn't being funny in the ways they wanted him to be. They would think they wanted him to be like more like a, a Belushi type, like a wacky oh. character, like a yeah. broader character. No, that's not him at all. That's He's not him like at all. Confident. Fast talking. Yes. That's, that's right. That's Eddie, that's Eddie Murphy. Yeah. But they hadn't really seen Eddie Murphy. Yet. They didn't know. And um, so they fought to keep him on. Uh, the movie, which which luckily they did because he's the best part. Obviously. He really is. I, I'm I'm surprised you're down on Nolte though. I I, I, rem- I, down. I, I just remember fine. why I liked him again when I saw because you never I don't see him in much, and uh, you know he had his he kind of had a run there. Even I mean he was nominated for a few Academy Awards. Yeah, and he's he's done some stuff, but he's always he's been working. He's been always working though. Like he's always. Doing I feel like stuff. I haven't seen him in anything he's, for a he's long been, time. Was in that Mandalorian show, I guess. Was he? He plays something in it, I guess. I guess I don't remember him in there. Um, but no, he's he's he still acts relatively steadily. I think he uh, kind of just does, you know. He, he, well, well there's small roles. He's not leading anything. And, no, and he hasn't he has been a leading man in a while. Right. Um, I'm most familiar with Nick Nolte personally in Cape Fear. I've seen him, yeah. I don't know, like 20 times. It just it never, it never seems to entertain me. It's such a bizarre, weird movie. Yeah. And De Niro is so like off the charts. And it, it's uh, it's fun to see a great actor to like totally like, I'm just going to just eat up every scene I'm in yeah. to the, to the ninth degree. Uh, uh, but Nolte's like bizarre in that, but kind of still fun. In this, they just felt you just growling the whole time. He is, he is. Yeah. He's good with the netto tool. Like those scenes are kind of they are bizarre to watch in a way, but they're at least interesting. I just think he's charming. Even when he's growly. I just, maybe like, it was just so much with like the, he's like so racist and it wasn't even like, like, even like mildly clever. It was just like, yeah, it was straight up. Calling him a slur. Up, it's like, yeah. oh, for no yeah. reason. No. And I, you're right. You know, that's not him. That's the script. I'm right. sure. I, I, and so it's like, all right, well you can kind of, you know, he, that's his lines. You can't discredit him for that. But the character just became like, Oh, I was like, I really like this guy. Oh, I kind of liked him throughout. The little tool plotline is very strange. It kind of opens with her. So you think she's going to be a key part. Where the fuck does she go? And then now, yeah, but the movie ends with them, I guess, broken up. Right, I, he's he's. Which oh, is I'll call her tomorrow. But like, right? But it's it like, was it really? wasn't really resolved. Then why? Then why is she here at all? Why? Why is she in the? Sh- why is she in the movie at all? Why do we have her there? Is it just to show that he can't keep a relationship? I mean, it's probably easier ways to show that than to have it keep. Oh, we could just sort of assume it. Like he's just kind of a, kind of a mess cop. Like we could just assume that he he doesn't relate well to women. He doesn't relate well pres- to men either. It like honestly, you watch this movie and you really I don't know about you. I felt like so the movie was only like ninety six minutes, yeah, minutes sure. which is good. But I felt like there were like twenty like crucial minutes that just got like cut out of it. I feel like I was watching something like you know how you watch those like uh when you're watching it on TV, 
like edited for content right. and you miss key scenes right. because it's uh, either nudity or swearing or whatever. I feel like that happened, like I, I definitely watched the R-rated version, I don't mean like that, but I feel like that's what happened here. I feel like I like was like kind of lost. It was edited time. really fucked up. Like there were points or, or I don't know, or it was the script. I couldn't quite tell. So the, the another example is, so McCray, right? He's the, uh, he's the captain. He does this. Don't you say it with conviction. It don't mean shit to me. Don't you think you're being kind of hard on the guy? You go fuck yourself. Like, like just because it's like, he's, he's almost he's autistic in the way that he's describing this. That there's a point in time where it's him, Nick Nolte's in his office. Yeah. And Nick's saying something and he's saying, this time you're going to have to, I don't remember the word, but this time you're going to have to take a partner with you. And like, and Nick's like, well, I don't really work well with partners. I right. work better by myself. He's like, fine. Well, if you want to go by yourself then you can go by yourself. It's like, what? Why are you, why are you so angry all the time about this? You just told him he needed to do thing. He told you he wasn't going to do it, and you're fine with it. You're agreeing with him. You're saying it's fine, but you're still yelling at him? What the fuck? So I think the reason that character is this is for comic relief. It's Sky always well, screaming. Well, yeah. Which, all right, fine, but you need to justify that. You can't just have him be screaming. No. Why is he screaming? Now, you need to set up why he's so angry. Yes. You can't just have him just be angry. That's not funny. It's just strange. And that's all he does. So I didn't play that scene, but the, 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 just it in continued. A later scene, yeah, and, he, like, and no one really listens to him. They just kind of ignore him. Yes. It's just, he's just screaming to scream. So I know that, that him in that type of role happens throughout film for a while too. I wonder that if actor? This, yeah. Is that his, like, maybe that was his niche? I think he was in, because I saw, because there was a super cut I saw. I couldn't identify the movies. I looked at it really quick, but he's in, he's in a movie with, um, with a few other people playing that same role where he's oh. just like screaming. He's the screaming cop I mean, Maybe guy. it's funnier in 1982 if you're familiar with this guy doing that. So maybe maybe, I, maybe we should cut it a break there. But yeah, I thought to me watching it in 2021, not knowing that actor uh, as a screaming man, apparently, like I'm like, this is just this guy screaming. You kind of like, I don't really, you kind of tune out. Everyone else is tuning out. I'm kind of tuning out too. I'm like, yeah. I don't really. Like, why is he there? There's another weird thing too where, uh, so after the, the bar scene. So yes. it's, 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 a, it's a bet between Nick, Nick Nolte's character. Uh, Gates, Gates, whatever. Kate's. Yeah. And uh, I don't even know. And Reggie? Yeah. Um, you know, that he can get some information out of this place. Right. And Re the funny part is Reggie doesn't know it's a redneck bar. So they go down. Well, the bet was he would get, Reggie would get to go get laid right. afterwards. And, uh, and so they come out and Reggie's just like, you know what? Forget about laid. I'm just going to keep this gun. Yep. And, and Nolte, Nolte just empties the, empties the, of, of the clip. So it doesn't have any, um, any rounds in it. It gives it back to him. and. Murphy gets so angry. The character gets so angry at him and chucks it and calls him an asshole and gets so like pissed off. It's, and I'm like, why? Why? Why just go get laid? Or like, why, why are you getting so angry about this shit? Kept happening all the time. It's absolutely terrible storytelling. And um, so Murphy's character the entire time is that he is, he wants sex. He hasn't had sex. He's been in jail for three years. You feel he hasn't been laid in a while. Yeah. He, wants to, he wants to get laid. So the one time then he's able to, in theory, get laid or win this bet then he decides he doesn't want to anymore. What's a gun? It's not a dog chasing a tail. Like you can't do that. Like, no, that's that's just it's just poor storytelling. Then when they're in the prison, which is supposedly this good scene, so Nolte's coming to 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 bust him out, basically to say, "Hey, stay with me for forty eight hours. We're gonna we're gonna figure out this this thing, or I'll get you out of prison. We'll go figure out this thing." And Eddie Murphy's like, "No, I'm not doing that." Nick Nolte's like, "Okay." And then Eddie Murphy's like, "Wait a minute, I'll, I'll do it." It's like there's like no build up, no back and forth. It's just no. Okay, yes, like. Yeah, people in this movie change what? their minds a lot. Yes. Um, which is usually a sign of a poor script and poor character development. Um, but she they're doing it kind of what seems like almost like for no reason. It's just arbitrary to like to try to either tell a joke or to, to make, the, like they'll have the character change their mind to make that one scene work without caring about how it affects the other scenes down the road. And that's just really sloppy filmmaking. Super sloppy. And um, 
It's it's. I mean, but listen, if you're Eddie Murray, he got paid four hundred fifty thousand dollars to this movie, um, and that's a lot more than he's making on SNL. So, yeah. you, and he's with Nick Nolte, who at, you know at that point um, was was already in this. Relatively, he got Nolte got paid a million to do it, so he's already yeah. a steamed actor, right? Um, do you care to guess what they got paid to make a, another forty eight hours? So Murphy made four fifty k in this. What do you think he got in another forty eight? Ten million, close seven. Okay. Uh, what did Nolte? Nolte got one to do this. What do you think he got in another forty hours? Seven. Three. Wow, that's a reversal. Yeah. I wonder how. No. Well, I mean, you're right. Eddie Murphy's so big. When was I mean, that? Like 1990 or 91? Oh, yeah, okay, well, yeah. so I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, that no question who's the biggest yeah. star was yeah. uh, at that point. Um, and maybe, you know, we'll talk more about that movie if we ever cover it. I hope it's uh, better than this one. I hope they did a better job. Pretty good. It wasn't. No. Uh, the critics critic like this one. I didn't like this they one. They did, so. yeah. Um, and then why, why? Wait, why are the bad guys going back to Billy's girlfriend's house? Isn't that the first place that people would fucking look? And it's like... <laughs> They're in the bar. It's like towards the end of the movie and, and you know, Nolte t- turns to Reggie. He's like, well, you know, there's one other thing we could explore. Maybe he's gone back to his girlfriends. No, he wouldn't do that, would he? Well, see you that or take you back to prison. All right, let's go check it out. Right. It's like, what the fuck? Come on. Shitty script. So uh, Walter Hill, I think, is good at one thing, though. Uh, I think he's good at showing um, scary... Very brief, fleeting, scary moments. So there's some moments that in Warriors where it is, it is like a little, it is chilling. Like the come out to play. Yeah. That is, that is by itself, like the Coney Island stuff is, yeah. it's like, all right, this is kind of chilling. It sure. is kind of scary. There is a scene where it did kind of make my, my, uh, my blood boil or blood curl a little bit. Uh, boiling is when you're angry, right? Curls yes, when, yes, you're, yes. when you're scared. Yep. Um, uh, Sonny Landon, uh, he plays the uh, Billy Bear. Right. Uh, the Native American. And Eddie Murphy is face to face with him at one point, and he's like, "Well, he had a knife, right?" And he makes this weird smile that really was scary. That guy can look like a sociopath, yeah, pretty like easily. He, and he he did like I give Landon credit. We saw him, of course, in Predator. Yeah, he's great. The show. Yep. Um, uh, and he's he's I mean, as much as this role is stupid, I think he does a good job. He does. It. Yes, he totally um, does a good job. And it was like, oh, that was it. And then Murphy shoots him. But, although Murphy shows no remorse after shooting, which is strange. Mm, yeah. Um, but uh, he shoots him. And um, but before he shoots him, though, it is it is kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, the face he makes is kind of. And I, I give both Landon and Walter Hill some credit for that. Actually, you should, because in that scene. Right. Murphy's got a gun on him and yeah. he's sitting on a bed and he still Murphy doesn't pro- want to shoot him. He doesn't want to shoot him. And, he, and his arm. I give Murphy credit. His arm's trembling. It yeah, feels oh, very real. Yes. Yeah. Right, it does. Uh, that that's actually a pretty then good. Then Murphy's just like, ah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> right. He doesn't care. Yeah, okay. Uh, James Remar, I I know, I know. I read some reviews. I thought he did a good job. You didn't like ah, him. Ah, it's too much. Ah, you, you, I thought he was fine. Sociopath for sociopath's sake. I just had the le- uh, yeah, I know, but that's not his fault. That's the care. That's the eh, writing. That's the play, fucking even writing. Writing's a little more intelligent. I get. I don't know. The writing is just so bad. I I I think the acting is the thing I had the least problems with in this movie. Yeah. I don't know. Ugh. Maybe I just have like warriors fatigue from yeah. He, he had a bigger part in that. Um, but then okay, so Hill does warriors. He does Brewster's Millions actually. He he does do Brewster's Millions, which was yes. all over the place. Yes. And when we were kids, yes. I, I saw that all over um, HBO. Crossroads was a piece of, piece of shit movie with uh, Ralph Macchio. Oh, that's right. <laughs> with your with your guy, they had the uh, Steve Vai, of course. Guitars. Steve Vai doesn't lose to anybody. Duel. And uh, he does Red Heat, which I remember seeing that. Of course, with that's uh, Schwarzenegger and Jim Belushi. They're, oh wait, not, not Dolph, right? Jim Belushi. Right, uh, yeah. That movie's probably most famous for getting the uh, having the ability to, to shoot in in 
in uh, Soviet Union. Oh, did they really? Yeah, they shot it like some of that like on. That's okay, pretty. Cool. I remember that being a big deal at the time. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a movie. It doesn't uh, that particular. And particular Supernova, great. which is a shitty sci-fi. He does a trespass. Well, Supernova, he didn't do. I well, thought. He, did well, he produce it? I thought he directed. No, he directed it, but he got fired. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then they had Coppola go in and do reshoots. Oh, really? That movie's a disaster. <laughs> it's a disaster. Yeah, that movie. That, that movie really ended. I know he did like a like ten years earlier. He did like a, I think a Stallone or some goofy movie there. But uh, the Supernova was a was a fucking that was like a real issue. Like that cost studio. That was an expensive movie. Was that Spader too? In yeah, that one? yeah. That movie cost with Angela Bassett, I think, or something. Yeah, movie, yeah, that movie was a disaster. Yeah, it was so bad they fired him. He then demanded a pen name on it. Uh, and they had Francis Ford Coppola go in and do uh, some reshoots and do some, um, try to fix it up. And it why, got. Why would Coppola step into a situation like that? I mean, they, oh, he, he, wanted, he wanted the money. Remember, yeah. that, was, that was not long after he did Jack. Uh, the Rainmaker. The Rainmaker is actually not that bad. But uh, was, no. Jack. Yeah. I mean, Coppola was at that point kind of more for hire. Yeah. Trying to get the, you know, help in his vineyard. And, uh, uh, I see. Um, yeah. I don't think. Uh, I, I, Walter Hill, uh, not my kind of director. I mean,. Um, uh, he doesn't really ever care about characters. He doesn't ever care really about story. I think Warrior is a great example where it's just like, all right, these guys have to get from Harlem to Coney to Island. Point B, right. All right. It's not really a story. No. Like, it's just, it's a video game. And yeah. I mean, literally, like, and they have, like, they have to face different bosses along the way. Yes. Um, this isn't a story either. Like, like Matt and I were talking about with David Patrick Kelly stuff, like, whole pop points to be ignored. There's a weird hotel shootout in the first act of this movie. Yeah. Because we don't meet Eddie Murphy until like minute 25. That's right. Um, so the first part of this movie is like. Just Nolte. And, we meet uh, Nolte and Annette Tool. Oh, Tool have this like fight out of nowhere. It's not like fights out of nowhere. And then he goes to work and he has this bizarre and incredibly violent hotel shootout. Yes. With Jonathan Banks is, is involved in it. Um, yeah. It's a strange, almost meaningless in the scope of the film. Because at that point they've got. The girlfriend, they've got Rosalie, and but they're just hanging out there. Well, say that scene sex. never happens. What was that? Oh, well, say that scene never happens. Nothing changes in the movie. No, it doesn't. That's right. exactly right. Nothing it's changes no, because complete... he's got Rosalie. They just go to a hideout or something and wait right. until you could you could edit that scene out. Yeah, doesn't and the happen. movie doesn't change. It doesn't so change. I the beat. Get, what are we trying to show? Nothing is accomplished in the movie uh, other than poor Jonathan Banks getting shot to death. Poor guy, like Jonathan Banks. Of course, Jonathan Banks also in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Yes, you can see he was playing that role of like that. Either like cop or dirty cop or a lot of, I mean, I guess Mike Armantrout's an ex-cop too, but there, you can see how he was kind of pigeonholed into this certain role. Well, he's good at them. He does he's a very good, job good at them. Yeah. Very believable. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, very authentic as, as a cop. Uh, yeah, not a big Walter Hill guy, obviously. Uh, you keep mentioning the script. I guess we should maybe should talk about that a tiny bit. Uh, it's passed around a million times. Yes. Um, uh, like every movie, if you talk about any movie in 1982, Clint Eastwood at one point was involved in it. Right. They wanted Eastwood. They wanted um, Gregory Hines. They wanted Richard Pryor. Um, I read they wanted Denzel. I don't know if I believe that. Um, mm. He just wasn't really known yet. I don't think that's really accurate. He, I don't think he was even on St. Elsewhere yet at that point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, this movie really kicked around a bunch of different people. Eventually, it settled more on Nolte and Murphy. And Murphy was a last, kind of a last minute. Did you see this uh, quote from Hill, too, saying what happened is very simple. Richard Pryor is now an enormous movie star, and that's changed everybody's minds about black and black lead players. Did you see that quote? I didn't. I don't think he's necessarily wrong. But was Pryor that big? Yeah. He was at yeah, that time? Pryor was in movies with Gene Wilder. That made oh, that's true, too. Yeah. Uh, Richard Pryor, you know, you talk about late 70s, early 80s, Richard Pryor was a complete force. He, he could, I guess so. Richard Pryor was such a big name, he could open movies on his own, which were a lot of black guys, black guys and girl, any black actor, actress, 
weren't doing. You couldn't before prior. You didn't. I mean, Sidney Poitier to some extent, but well, he wasn't opening films, was he? Yeah, he he did. But there weren't too many people you could put above the title yeah. that would open a film. Um, and Richard Pryor could certainly, especially for something like this, like a, like a comedy, like a less dramatic film. Like, hey, I just want to bring people and have, eat popcorn, and have a good time. Like Richard Pryor could open a film like that, and not a lot of other people could. Okay. Um, back then, uh, it's funny, you know, Richard Pryor could, and he did some pretty big movies for sure. But Eddie Murphy was the first, like, oh, this guy isn't Superstar. just going to open the film. This guy is going to now this movie is going to be like maybe could be the biggest movie of the year. Like, right. It's that big of a deal. Like they're. You know, his movies like what, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Coming to America, like these are over $100 million. Like, back then when it meant something. Right. Um, but you can see how Pryor kind of paved the way to some extent for Eddie Murphy. Okay. Who then paved the way for you know, everyone we see now, Kevin Hart, to, uh, you know, uh, tons of black actors and actresses, like, you know, because yeah. uh, Murphy was able to kind of, you know, the 80s, I know Bill Cosby, you know, we, you know, <laughs> We might end up covering a Bill Cosby movie. I don't know how that's doing the polls. So, you know, uh, Leonard Part 6 is one of the movies we'll that was nominated. If, if people want to pick a side. But, they uh, go, uh, you know, we figure Michael Jackson, you know, obviously I know black people were recording music, but black, you had the number one record was a phenomenon. Right. You had Bill Cosby in 83. So, you know, a year after this, had the number one show on television for like years in a row. And then you have one of the biggest movie stars. If not, you can make, well, maybe pre-cruise and Top Gun, like the biggest movie star is Eddie Murphy. Sure. Um, so I think that definitely changed things pretty quickly in the 80s. Um, maybe how white audiences view going to see black things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, Richard Pryor was absolutely a huge star. Okay. So there you go. Anything else on the script? Um, I, no, I mean, there's, I know it was rewritten. Four it was, people credited, one of them being Walter Hill. Uh, no, it went through a bunch of rewrites. It was still writing. Changing act. Right. right. They, were, they were writing it, like, leading up to it. They were changing, like... Uh, the name Reggie Hammond, that was, uh, it was supposed to be a different name. Uh, Willie Biggs or something. Yeah. Willie Biggs. You're right. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. sure it was. Uh, and, uh, Eddie Murphy asked to have the name change. He's, he's too cliche. Yeah. And he's yeah. right. Reggie Hammond's a much better name. Um, and, um, yeah. So like they were literally changing the script on the fly, which is always, anytime you see, like we always say, anytime you see four screenwriters, <laughs> usually as a sign, this movie is going to be not very good. Yeah. And this movie's not, I, yeah, I know maybe people hearing this are really upset. They, they think this is, um, a really good, funny Movie with- and maybe I would say watch it now. Go watch it again. And now some people say too. One thing we probably should talk about because we covered with the weapon. Some people say this is really the first buddy cop and a movie. And there were some, especially like a white and black guy. And yeah. there were some. But I think it was something called. There's another movie that came out before that. But uh, right, this is this might be the first, and maybe that would have made it more. It's such a new concept for film. Maybe it would have been more enjoyable if, if we had seen this in 1982. Maybe we would have been. I had warmer feelings about this than back then. Well, yeah, than than what it showed us, right? When I just watched it this time. But I mean, I I can't speak to that really. I mean, I was so young; I was three when this movie came out, yeah. so I don't I don't know what the audience's expectations were for a cop movie. But I know, like, watching it now, like, that's all I can really judge it by. It's what we do in this show; we judge it today, and it's just is not a good movie. Doesn't yet. hold up. Like, yeah, like Lethal Weapon is Lethal Weapon. <laughs> we didn't. I didn't love either. No, you, I thought it was good. It. Yeah, that was really um, good. Like, doesn't and you know we you know at first blood we we covered that like first blood i was like eh, it's a b minus the first blood is significantly better than it this. really is it's way more entertaining yeah. and believable um yes 
Yeah. Oh, we're doing a Richard Pryor movie uh, off the Patreon. Yeah, show. we're doing the toy on uh, well tomorrow. Yeah, uh, as you're listening to it, and we'll see. I I haven't seen that in forever, but another movie that I saw tons right. of times when I was a kid. Tons of times. I think Justin, uh, you know, uh, Justin picked this week. This is his Patreon week, and he did want to cover this movie, so he might. He did. But this is not the reason. The reason he picked no, it was he, first blood. He wanted first blood, but uh, but I think he was very happy that he wanted to have a week where his first blood and forty eight hours. So well, and I think I think those are good choices to talk about. Honestly, I guess I mean, the movie kind of stinks. Um, I, I'm glad it was short. Yeah. Um, but 40 hours, two thumbs down from us. It's yeah, probably, yeah. That's our first two thumbs down in a while. Yeah. Cause you've been giving everything thumbs up. I mean, terrible job by you with giving everything thumbs up, but Hey, well, I'm not gonna lie. If I like a movie, I like a movie. Yeah, like everything. You should see, you should, kind no, of I don't like everything. You have been. Did you just call me a clown? A little bit of a clown movie. I like everything. Uh, I see. Not good. Oh, I see. Yeah, you gotta be a little bit, you know, you gotta, you gotta be more of a critic, Matt. But the people think that I'm the critic, I even know. though you're the one that's <laughs> harsh. I don't know what's happening. I don't either, but I'm laughing. Uh, yeah, two thumbs down on this one. Um, okay, we have anything else with this movie? Talk two tours? Yeah, let's talk two tours. So, you know, it's better than 48 hours. You tell me. Two tours! That's true. Uh, they are back, uh, for the month of December here. Um, the big news, though, are these, uh, dragon fruit. Yeah, uh, you're gummies. all over these things. This is great. Yeah, the right. best tasting gummies I've ever had. They're, uh, go to the website, buy them now. You will not be disappointed. They're good. They, they're potent. They do the, uh, they do I, the ha- job. I have two. I feel, I feel pretty good. Um, I might even have a couple of tonight's. Wow. I'm just going to say, put that out. A little splurge a little bit tonight. I might, I might. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I, uh, I'm all in on the dragon fruit gummies. They are fantastic. Yeah. Obviously, uh, the regular gummies are great too, but the dragon fruit is is, uh, is very good. And I know they're the new version of their website up, twotours.com. Um, so they're like all their new products are listed there. I saw the stuff that we were giving away at the at the show. No, like away, the what blunt, I keep I think it's a blunt, right, which is amazing to see that on a website yeah. like that. Uh, I used to roll that shit in college, you know, and uh, and oh, like the 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 um, the vapes and all that stuff. Vapes, is on there they now. have uh, chocolate bars, they chocolate have, bars, uh, yes. CBD stuff for dogs. Right. Um, they have all sorts of stuff. They, obviously, they still have the gummies. They still have the sugar. They still have the salve. They have, still have all the regular stuff that yeah. we've been talking about. You know, and the gummies uh, you've been eating for the last two years. Oh yeah, which are great. But now they got the dragon fruit. I'm, I'm all yeah, in the dragon fruit. On the dragon fruit. <laughs> good man. Um. Yeah, so definitely check them out. And the best thing is for the month of December, uh, 15% off. Right, and free shipping. So twotours.com, you got to use code word QW, and then you get 15% off and free shipping comes right to your door. Don't have to go anywhere. It's cold outside. Don't go anywhere. Get your two tours right at your door. I like to poop at home, you know? And this way I don't need to- Don't talk about that during an ad. Professional. <laughs> it's not professional. You're such a hack. This is important. <laughs> it is. So, you know, if I'm pooping at home, it's like, all right, I don't need to worry about pooping somewhere else. I, or if I'm, you know, or, if, or yes. maybe a better situation than the pooping <laughs> analogy is, see, I'm, this, is why, this is why it's going to be so good when I have my own show because I'll, <laughs> I'll give professional reads like this. Yes. No, but if you're, you know, if I'm, what if, what if I'm, uh, I'm like, oh, no, I have to go out and see a movie. Yep. Oh, I come home. What's waiting for me? I just, saw, to- I just saw Clifford the Big Red Dog <laughs> or some fucking shit movie. Tie that together. Come home. Oh, wow. Two tours right there. Came right in my mailbox. I can relax after seeing that stressful, shit-filled movie. You know who could have used some two tours? That McCray character, that captain, who's so angry all the time. So angry. He needs some two tours. Chill out. Have that chocolate bar. Have some sugar. Have some soft. Yes. Two tours.com. Code word QW. Shock the Monkey by Peter Gabriel. Have we talked about, I feel like 
Peter Gabriel's come up well, before. We talked a lot about Phil Collins. We talked a lot about Phil Collins. That's we why had Peter that Gabriel discussion. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably see Peter Gabriel again because this isn't his biggest hit ever. So. This was his uh, his first top 40 hit in the United States uh, early. It took him a while to get there. Um, he uh, This is his third album. It's... Um, Third album is called Security, although the first four no, this albums. This is fourth album. This is fourth album. I'm sorry, sorry. The third one's Melt, right? Security is their fourth album. The first four, his four, fourth album. The first four albums are all just a hit. He wanted to release them as Peter Gabriel. Uh, like a so, magazine. Like a magazine. That's what right. he said, yeah. Which is cool. It is cool, but it makes it hard to market it. Like when you're trying to differentiate the first album for the second album, the third album. So the third was Melt, which is a really cool one. Uh, third, uh, I think the second one is Scratch, right? He's got. It, like you, you yeah, see yeah, him. And the first one's like a car, right? Yeah, it's a car, right? This album sucks, by the way. Um, so it's not his best one. It's not. I, but there are a few songs that I really like. Do you not like Shock the Monkey? I really like Shock, I like the, Shock Monkey. the Monkey a lot. Yeah, I think this, this is a really is, good song. Really interesting song. song. Super I mean, interesting. The idea that it was like on like top 40 radio like this at all is pop song? wild. Yes. Um, yes. It's a really interesting song. It's a really good song. It, uh, but I, so I listened to this album and I was like, oh, this album blows. It's not amazing. It's, like, it's everything that like, you don't want. Everything that Peter Gabriel, like it, the annoying, every annoying element of Peter Gabriel is on this album. I'm like, I, you know what I want to do? I just want to listen to So. Yeah. Like, so is by far. I know Peter Gabriel fans are like, oh, you need nope. to listen to the. I love So. So is such, by his best album by like nine miles. I can't disagree. And you know, I like some of the more avant-garde stuff. I yeah. just do because it's more, it, Sometimes it's more interesting, but no, the, the magic of Peter Gabriel is his ability to take avant-garde stuff and, and like package it in a pop song. When he does that, it's fucking magic. Almost and that's what this every song, song is. on. So is a banger. Oh, I love, I it's love like so. Amazing. so it's good. Like uh, it's like a, like a world-class song. Like every single song. Out. My favorite song, Mercy Street's by far my favorite song. It's the, one of the best songs that's ever been written. I love that song so much. I can't even tell you. Uh, don't give up. Sledgehammer in your eyes. A great, even though big it's been time. overplayed, but in your eyes is a beautiful your song. Is, it's a great song. It's a great song. It's been overplayed. Big time. Red rain. Like the, there are so, they're great, all in the same great, album. Great. They're songs. all great. Yes. And then you get like this shit album, which the whole album sucks. That's a little bit except too for Shock the Monkey, which is, which is a legitimately very good song. So I like something like San Jacinto. I like. Ugh. I like. I have the touch. Kiss of Life and Wallflower. I like those songs, but some of the other ones are too far out. Too far. For, I mean, I'm fine with them, but I don't. It's not what I love about Peter Gabriel. It's why people don't like Peter Gabriel. Honestly, like if anyone's like, "Oh, I don't like Peter Gabriel," it's like it's too much. It's like, oh yeah, I can actually have to listen to that album. Like I get it. But the thing is, like P Peter Gabriel, though. I mean, Peter. Ga my, I know Matt loves him. I do. I, I always say I like him a lot or like him moderately. He has, he has like 10, in my opinion, like 10 like really good songs. That's pretty good. Any maybe artist 10, has 10 really good songs. Maybe even pretty 10 world-class songs, like some of the best songs ever. Nah, I don't have, I don't have them as Don't give up here. Mercy Street, right? What about Digging in the Dirt? Yeah, very that good song. That is an awesome really song. song. I have like such fond memories. I remember 92 when They're that really came out. They're really good songs. I mean, no, I think he, I said he has 10 really good Shock songs. Shock the Monkey, Salisbury Hill. Salisbury Hill is a great song. An amazing song off the first album. I love that song. It's such a well-written, cool be, song. That might be his, my favorite song of his. It's beautiful. It's, it's an odd time really, signature. It's a weird. It's a weird song, but it's so he does it so well with that acoustic. It's it's a beautiful song. He's great. I, I, yeah. So it's time I'm picking on. I'm like, listen, like you know, you go through any artist. Yeah, my like any artist that you love, they're gonna have most of the songs are not good. Like any, I don't care who you are. I mean, maybe except the Beatles. Like most, or you know, maybe it's the, some of the Stones, but like most songs are not good. Big time, dude. Big time's a great song. Such a great song. I mean, so like, funky. So to have an album like so, where every every single song is good, but then to, have, to sit through albums like this, like ugh. I don't think it's as bad as you think, but I like him better than you like him. So I understand. Shock the Monkey's very good though. Shock the Monkey's so good. Um, 
So, uh, Peter Gabriel, a little bit of the background stuff. Uh, I think, like, personally, I think he makes some of the richest music that, like, you know, regardless of what you think about him, he, he is very considerate with his music. Like, he's very intentional, lyrically, melodically. When you listen to a Peter Gabriel, Gabriel song like this, um, this is a good example with Shock the Monkey, where you have the first verse is different than the third verse. He does, he has different instrumentation. He has the drums full bore in the in the first verse. He doesn't have the drums at all. It's just those like swells in the third verse like this. A lot of space. Whereas in the first verse, it's like this. See? Like he'll just make little differences between a first verse and the third verse or the first time you hear the chorus and the third time or the second time you hear the chorus just to keep it interesting all the way through. He really considers and thinks through all of his music before he, as he creates it. He's super smart. He, you can hear the care put in all these songs, even the ones I think are lame and fucking annoying. Uh, you can still tell that there is care put into it. Yeah. Like he's thinking about, it's not just throwing shit. It's not like, you know, and I'll go back to this in a later point in this, in this episode too, but it's not like Mickey. No, nah. it's just like, eh, throw it this catchy song. Right. Like, this is like, no, I want to craft something here. Yes. Right. It's expression. Um, so we, Peter Gabriel, he was 17 years old when he started Genesis. It wasn't his first band. It was his second, second band, 1967. Um, he left Genesis, as most people know, in 1975. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, and uh, spent two years with his family. Like, he, had a, he got married young. He was 21 years old. And uh, got married, had had his first child, and was like, you know, fuck this. Was angry with the music business, wanted to stop. Well, just wanted to stop. Spent those two years uh, with his family, learning. He took piano lessons, took voice lessons, and other uh, other music lessons, and then started writing on his his uh, his his first album. And he realized, like, oh, I need to pay for my family, so he released the you know the first album. And he was doing a bunch of albums right in a row. Released uh, that first Peter Gabriel. It was like 77, 78. 79. You want to do them every year. That was the plan. Basically, yeah. But then it gets a little, like, I feel like Peter Gabriel's actually had an underwhelming career. Yeah. As much as I love right. his Genesis stuff, and I know it's not your stuff, whatever, pro- no, the Prog are, but I, I really do, Selling England by, England by the Town, one of my favorite, uh, by the Pound, one of my favorites. Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, very good album. Um, and I prefer Genesis with Peter Gabriel, with some small exceptions. But then, you know, after this, 82, he does, he, he does like a live album, a live album uh, from this tour. He does uh, Birdie. The soundtrack. Soundtrack. He doesn't put out another album until so. Yes. And then it's another like, he does Passion of the Christ. He does some other stuff. Yeah. But it, then it's another, um, Us doesn't happen until like 1990. So he's going like four years between his pop albums. Yeah. And then after that, it gets kind of. Like even looser. I saw him. I think on the Secret Secret World Tour, which was like ninety seven ish. Paula Cole was with him, which was kind of interesting. That was right before she broke. Where Where have all the cowboys oh, gone? Yes. That stuff. Oh, I know. Annoying song. It's super world. annoying. She's not good. I actually saw her in uh, Barbara wanted, when Barbara and I first started dating. She she one of the reasons why she came to San Francisco is to see a lot of music. Yeah. So we went and saw Paula Cole at uh, at Yoshi's in um in San Francisco. And it was kind of, it was a cool show. It was an intimate show and fun, but I don't really like her music, but she was really good with Peter Gabriel on that tour. She's got a beautiful voice, but then it get and the, so secret world and then does, um, gets contracted by Britain. I don't know, someone to do this, um, millennium show and which is Ovo. And, but then it's like, it's really, it's every four or five years and even less than that. It does a lot of like world music kind of production, but 
I feel like he doesn't have a lot of albums for how talented he is. It's kind of shitty. Yeah, I mean, you guess you had to catch him during that time. Like you said, he was doing those self-titled albums. Yeah. That was probably, you know, if you're a Peter Gabriel fan. Sort of peak. Like super fan. Like, that's when he's really just putting out art yeah. on a regular basis. You can see how that would kind of burn you out, though, too. I know, but I just feel like we should have gotten a lot more. And it's still good. I listened to uh, one of his his last album, I think, was from 2019. And I was listening to a few of the, the tracks today, and I was like, oh, this is still good. Like, this is good. He doesn't sound, you know how what happens when musicians get to in their 60s and 70s, it starts to get really cheesy. He's never done, he's not like that. He yeah. doesn't get cheesy. It's still like quality music. The, my, like, I don't know, you hear Neil Young or something do a song when he's in the 60s or 70s. Like, this is really cheesy and dumb, but that's not how Peter Gabriel is. Um, tell, so, me this, tell me this video for a second. Well, yeah, let's do that. Like, <laughs> this video is so good. Yeah. It is, if you told me, uh, I don't know, this video was made this year. I'd be like, yeah, all right. Like, there are so many, there are so many interesting visuals in this video. And there's so many things the video actually is saying yeah. about what it's like to work in an office or what it's like to kind of try to do the right thing, what stress, how stress affects us, um, how primal are we, uh, duality of man. Yep. Uh, all, I swear to God, all of these things, like the fact that we can be feel stuck in our, uh, in, in our like nine to five job, things are crashing down on us. Right. Like all of these themes are hit and, and some of it is, is hit, or, you know, it's a video. So it's going to be really kind of thrown in your face. Nothing, yeah, nothing very subtle right. in this video, but that's not what videos are. That's not the art form of video, but you look at how intelligent and how brilliant this is shot and how interesting this is. And then you compare this to Mickey, which, <laughs> uh, which actually was the same year. Same. That's what I'm saying. That's actually a good so point. This was like made when MTV like was barely a thing. Right. And like, so he, I mean, honestly, he mastered the art form before the station was like a year old. Like he figured, they figured it out. That's and his videos point. are amazing. His big time uh, and Sledgehammer are, I know that some of the no, special they're, effects don't hold right, up. They don't hold but up. But you can see the creativity. Absolutely. And you see that how, oh no, this guy is like next leveling or next level, level, level. Like everyone else is making videos. But like, look at the art. And the craftsmanship on the video. I know he didn't direct it, but you know that he, he obviously he had a lot, he had a big hand in it. Like, look at just the the work of art that is that video. And when you consider it was made in 1982, when it's people crazy. didn't know what videos were, when you, people were like cheerleading and just look at some of the videos from 82. It's just like it's like a, a home movie, right? Just like brand, it does not look shit. like a professional. This is like a legit like work of art. Yes. This is like a legit short film. Yes, it's like saying a lot about us as and the themes that he's saying hold up in 2020 they do one like yes they are everyone still feels those things it is a one of the most brilliant videos of the 80s and it's one of the first videos the 80s. <laughs> it is it is a real and it just shows you like it kind of goes back to as much as like gabriel stuff can be uh what's the word i'm looking for pretentious thank you yeah. um uh it's exactly what i'm looking for uh, and like uh, you have like the educated music folk like Corona telling us how great he is and it's like all right but you do see stuff like, and you're like all right well the guy does care a lot about the art he's putting out there. And he does. And that is pretty, it's pretty honorable. Yeah. That's what matters to me, honestly. Yeah. Like, and you can really see it here. Cause even if I don't like, if I don't like it, I can still appreciate the craft and the care. Right. And a lot of times too, if there's a lot of craft and care there, I can actually learn to like it. Like it'll take, I, I hated Radiohead when I first heard it. Seemed too pretentious. There was too much going on. It's too dense. Didn't sound like pop music to me. The OK Computer. But then it just, it, it 
I understood, like I started, to, like little pieces would come to me like, oh, this is, look at, look at what they're doing here. Look at this little piece of care. And then it started to really unravel. So I can, something can grow on me over time once I sort of get their frame of reference, if there's a lot of care to their music, whereas other music, which is a lot, has less care. They, they, they don't, yeah, less care. Uh, I'll size it up in a second and then it's not interesting to me anymore and I move on. You need surprise in music. Surprise is entertainment and he does that. He'll do things that you're not used to, but it can come across as pretentious. Well, something just is like, like that. The rest of this album is is I know maybe the songs you don't mind, but those songs are like are junk. Like I I shouldn't say junk. Those songs are not good. It's just too much. You can see it's too artsy fartsy. It's it's too much. And but I will say though, even though the songs are too much for me, I think it's probably too much for most people listening. I'm guessing would agree with me um, on that album in particular. There is still care put. He's trying to do different things. He's not just going to live in a box. He's, he's making ch- decisions that are difficult and challenging. They're not always good, but at least he's trying things. And I think you need to do stuff like that. You need to break some eggs to make a so. Yeah. To make an album and say, oh, this is like one of the greatest albums of the 80s. Like, yeah. I think you need to actually like fuck with some shit and move some stuff around and figure it out, figure out what works to make that. I think you need to, no one who isn't going to do this pretentious kind of like, oh God, enough already kind of music. You have to do that if you're going to make Shock the Monkey. That's right. Shock the Monkey is so weird and unique and different. It's so weird. The fact that this is on t- like pop radio is crazy. Shows you how great pop radio is. It's, I know, I know, I know. But it's so weird. I, it, the thing is, like, Peter Gabriel can thread the needle. And this is an example, a perfect example of or Games Without Frontiers. Another weird, weird, weird song, song. But so awesome. It's so, I love that song. Do you not? You're not a big uh, game. I, I love that song. I, some, honestly, so <laughs> sometimes I hate that song. Oh, I love sometimes it. I don't mind it's that song. So weird. The fact that I go back and forth tells me there's probably something there. Well, I see them as like as sister sister songs. They're yeah. very similar. Where because this song, it's so weird. There's just like he threads the needle because it's like you've got just the swells and you have found percussion. He he's famous for doing that. He would go and find shit and bang it, and see what it sounded like. So you got like these kind of bellish metallic sounds and he's using um, drum machines and all like all these weird instruments and he puts it together, but it's got this fun, like almost uh walking on sunshine beat, but just slow down. It just, it, it's pop enough and interesting enough to make this like wonderful track. He just threads that needle. So good at it. But back to the visual thing for a second. Um, I mean, you could see it early on, like early when he was a teenager, he wanted to put on a stage show. Like when they were doing their Genesis shows, he, he would dress up in costumes or like they would have props or he just had that idea. Like this is a visual experience, not just an audio experience or uh, auditory experience. It's a visual experience too. So it makes sense. Um, he put on, he put on the best visual show that I've ever seen. Um, his, uh, his secret world show was amazing i've talked about this before but it had this big like catwalk it was in it was in this it was in the round uh so he's on this round stage with a conveyor belt that was a moving sidewalk around the outside of it so the whole band is like rotating throughout this entire fucking thing so when he goes on to mercy street he's in a boat fucking rowing on this thing with like mist and shit all around him he looks like he's in this bog or and it's got this catwalk this, this circular catwalk 30 feet 40 feet up from him that he's hanging from upside down as he's walking around it. And this huge balloon comes down. Like, I don't know how big a fucking giant balloon comes down that inflates from this round circular catwalk giant that he's projecting films over. It looks like this big egg that he's projecting like different images and and videos on. It's such a cool, cool show. He's so good at that. MTV from 82 to 85 
really exposed. Um, you you were you, your creativity was naked because some the really bright entertainers, Michael Jackson, yes. Madonna, Cindy Lauper, Peter Gabriel, they were so talented and so bright and so creative. This was like shorthand to them. Like, all right, well, I can make a great music. I'll, I'll, I can assist in making a great video. Yep. But then the one hit wonders are people like, you know, Tony Basil or uh, a lot of fly by night. You, if you watch videos back then, or if you grew up around then, or you were a kid around then, you had cable, you saw some of these videos. It was, like I said, it was like, it was like a home video. Yeah. And it wasn't just a budgeting. Like they just didn't know what to do. They just weren't that they were good at the one thing. And, but the depth of the music just wasn't there right. as well, typically. Right. But like you see Michael Jackson, like do Billie Jean. Yeah, you see like Peter Gabriel do this, shock right. the monkey. You know, uh, you see some Madonna's pop it on preach. You see uh, Cindy Lauper stuff. Like it's like, all right, there was a the next level. And that's why their music holds up to, to this day too, is because there's so many different layers of creativity going on. Yeah, there are. Uh, Prince. Look at some of the stuff Prince example, was yeah. doing, you know, he did, you know, obviously it's Purple Rain, which yes. is a lousy movie, but uh, the visuals we see there, you can see he's doing creative things that, ma- that make the music more than just the song. Yes. Uh, and Peter Gabriel, Peter Gabriel had the video shit figured out from Jump Street. He really did. Like, Digging the Dirt's a great video too. He's like burying himself. Yeah, he's got oh, all these like really slugs and shit all I over mean, him. Like, like he didn't just figure, like it's, it's almost like seeing someone like a time traveler. Yeah. Like he wasn't, he was like 40 years ahead of his time. Yeah. It's wild that he was so, he had like, he had the, um, it was like a 12th grade to be in first grade. He was yes. just so far beyond what everybody else was doing to the point of, like I said, the video holds up today, like without question. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Love Peter And his song holds up because it's so weird. It is. It's very weird. Um, and I think, I mean, a lot of his, the pop music that, people really like so not even just the avant-garde stuff i really think that they hold it holds up too yes it sounds a little bit more the thing is it sounds like him it doesn't necessarily sound like the time right like sledgehammer and big time are weird songs big time is such a funk i love that song great yeah they song. are they're, they're, they're both really good yeah, songs they're great um but they're both fucking weird they are they were weird back then they were like i remember because i remember the, the videos were weird i remember being like entranced by the videos i'm like oh my god peter gabriel video i will I stop whatever I'm yeah. doing. I watch it. Right. The colors, the moving around. This video, I remember being a kid, like, you know, when his face becomes like, yeah, he has, like, the white face yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end and like the ceiling coming down, like just the visuals and like what he was doing was you couldn't, you couldn't look away. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Um, so I think we'll talk about him again because we'll either get to In Your Eyes or, or one of the other. I'd love to uh, talk about the show album more. Yeah. The show sure we'll I would happy never to hear again. Yeah. That's not as bad, but I get it. I understand. Um, Anything else with uh, with uh, Shock nope. the Monkey? Good very song. Good very good song. song. Very, very good, good song. song. Yeah, I wouldn't say not great for me, but very good. You say great? Uh, oh yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, great. this I would say so. Like that probably it's probably one of my top uh, probably top ten favorite Peter Gabriel songs. I would say it's in that in that category. This but is, I have a this lot. Is one of your top ten Peter Gabriel songs. Peter Gabriel, yeah, songs. yeah. But he has a lot of songs I really like. So, but you call this a great song. I think so. Yeah, it's, right. yeah, it is a great song. A very yes. good song. Yeah, right. great song. Um, what was I doing? So I don't, I don't really have a ton here. I, you know, it's 1982, so uh, December, so I'm three years old. Uh, I'm, I'm getting, uh, it's Christmas, obviously. I don't really remember what I got for Christmas. Um, uh, I remember some, I'm trying to think of some of my early Christmas gifts that I really loved. And I had this one, did I talk about, I think I talked about Mr. Game Show already on this, on this show. Mm-hmm. That was the uh, it's a board game that had like a, a game show. I must have got him. I was probably like six or seven when I got him. I wasn't three. Um, and um, he was like a big plastic figure. He's probably about. I talk about this at all. Like a I don't know. you know the guy Smiley from Sesame Street. Yeah, 
and he was like, I don't know, maybe like a foot tall. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm Mr. Game Show. <laughs> and um, like he would ask you questions like your family, like your family could play and he could like, but he was like a, um, a plastic thing that would move around. Did you have to like pull the back or something? No, it was like, uh, like you put him in this like pedestal mm. and the pedestal would like operate him. I see. Um, and be like, uh, somehow the card would know if it was a right or wrong answer yeah, or, yeah. or he'd press one thing. Right. Know. Um, but I really loved like, I really like, I think I, I think I found games to be really interesting. It, trivia was interesting. Like asking, like the idea people would know these things. So that stuff was really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, another uh, gift I really liked was uh, I used to like uh, He-Man. Um, totally. And I got, I got Castle Grayskull one year. Me too. You got that too? Yeah, I love Castle, Castle Grayskull. That's great, right? Yeah. I, remember, I had He-Man, I had the cat. You had the cat? You had the, yeah, like the yeah. lion yeah. cat thing. Yeah, I had him. T- I had Man-at-Arms, I had He-Man. Yeah. I, had, I had all of them. Yeah. Um, but remember the Castle Grayskull that had like a... Um, I like, feel like it opened up. It opened up. Okay. And it had a uh, a thing you could like like uh, like a microphone you could pull out and it would give you like the the like yeah. the voice um, like I am you know by the power invested. It wasn't like a human. It, it was almost like a like a kind of a skeletal voice or it was like a. I'm not a remembering scary that voice. so much, but yeah, yeah it was like a, but it was the echoey. It's like if you hit it, it just had an echo. It's really always oh, okay. like an echo machine. I see. Um, uh, but that was really fun. I remember. Uh, I got I got What'd GoBots get? and some GoBots. For, first were GoBots, then I got Transformers. I think GoBots yeah. were cheaper. And they were they were more for yeah, younger kids. I think. Yeah, that was my interpretation of it. And then I was never really into those. Oh, I love the Transformers, but then you get to a point where you're like, oh, it turns into a plane, and then what do you do with it? But I liked it anyway. GI Joes, I had. I used to love getting the Hess trucks. You get these? Yeah, we get. Them. I'm fucking obsessed with these Hess trucks. I, I, I would I would have them today, man. I have cousins who are younger cousin who was obsessed with the Hess trucks. Oh God, I don't care anymore. You still? Oh, what, oh what, yeah. What, like, what do you I like about like, them? If I was, I just love how they look. The green and the white. Yeah, like the green color, and white's nice. Yeah. Like just and just like how they they just look a certain way. I don't know what it is about them. Do you, you would just have them on like a shelf or something? Well, I remember I just like play, like I would like if I was playing with Batman figures or He Man figures, and I'd like, the Hestruck he- would come in. Oh yeah, Hestruck would get, oh, no. I'd get involved. Yeah, like, <laughs> like oh shit, like you know. <laughs> Hess is here. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have like oil barrels in the in the city. Maybe like you know, yeah. maybe like someone's gonna start a fire. Yeah. He's gotta save the day or whatever. Right. But um, I honestly I just like the look of them. Like I, uh, you know, did you have the Hess truck commercials a lot when you were a kid or no? Was that Long Island? I do. Thing? Rem- I I feel like I remember them. They were a big deal in Long Island. Like were Hess they? was like, well, Hess owned the Jets. So we on Hess. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the the uniforms are green and white. Oh, I see. Um, but uh, he uh, it was a big deal in Long Island to have these. Uh, Hess was everywhere. It was like. It was, a, it was a big, it was a big, like the big gas station. I, so it was probably more uh, bigger for kids in your area. I think it was, this. but like, like I said, when I moved up here, I didn't see it as much. Yeah. Um, which I was bummed out about because there were yeah. just less Hess stations. Yeah. Um, but oh my God, I love these, uh, these Hess trucks and I'd get them every year for Christmas. Uh, say the last oh, three or four years I was in New York, so maybe like six, seven, eight, nine, mm. I'd get them. I just, and so every year the Hess would come out with, if you don't know, Hess was a gas station. Every year they would come out with a different toy truck. Right. But the trucks weren't like a like it wasn't Matchbox. They were like no, big. they were they were a good size and they're really well nice, uh, really good, really well made, really yeah. well crafted. Yeah, and um, oh my god, I would get so excited to get them every year. You'd like get so excited to see what the commercial was going to be around Thanksgiving time to see what the new Hess truck was going to sure. be. And uh, honestly, if I was like super rich, I would have like a whole room of like Hess trucks. Like I would go and try to find the old ones. Like that, I would make it like maybe a hobby of mine to go like on eBay or to go like yeah. find, um, like unopened. I don't like when people open it's gross. No, no, you don't Smells want that. You want it. You, you, I unopened Hess truck in the box. Yeah. And then I would open it up. Right. And I would put it on a shelf or even yeah, I'd drive around, like drive around my living room or something. Go, yeah. I take the like little oil barrels out and look at them. So yeah, some of them press buttons, they make that yes. noise. And they have sirens. One of them had a plane. Yeah. Remember Hess, that? Yes, in the it back had a plane. Of it? Yes. That was sick. So what would you do? You'd put it in a room 
and then they would just sit on like shelves. Oh, there. Would you walk in? You honestly, I just like looking at them. Man. How long would you look at them for? Like, would you go into? Say you had a room full of Hess trucks. How long full? would you? Like, say you had okay, two hundred and fifty Hess trucks. Oh my god! In a room. This is awesome. So like this size room, you could you could in shelves all around. You could have. 250. Oh, I go in every day in like 10, to 10, 15 minutes. Just look at them. Ten, just like take a every look day. at them. If you gave me a Hess truck now, yeah. Like if you say, oh Chris, I got a Hess truck for you. I would take it out of the box, right? And yeah. I would like look at it. I would probably look at it for like 10, 15 minutes, like straight. Like that, I was, I'm serious. I don't know how long ten minutes is. I would just look at it and like yeah. maybe like roll around. But I would just like look at it for like ten minutes. Does that feel kind of empty though when you have all that stuff in that room and you're just kind of looking so at it and you're full. like. Oh so my god! Full. When I'm looking at a Hess truck, I'm just thinking about like how, something about the way it, like, it's it, it's so perfect. Yeah, and I'm just like I'm just admiring its beauty. I really love those fucking things, like, but not like real tractor trailers. Like if you look at a real tractor trailer, yeah, like I, I don't really like. This like thing. if I saw a real Hess truck, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool, but like, yeah, I, like you no, wouldn't want to drive one or anything. No, no, no okay, no, no, I don't want to drive. No. That sounds scary. I think. I'd, yeah, I just want, want to look at the. Little I don't models like driving like, big cars and like par- get into parking spots. I would be like, where do I park this? How do I get out? No, no, no. That sounds like anxiety. Did you ever make models though? Did you ever do like model planes or anything? I never. I tried a little bit. We had like model cars sure. or whatever you'd build. I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. So just this particular. I don't just like the making it. Like they're so small and detailed. Yes, I they always are. like you'd fuck up the glue. Right. Where it's like ah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not very talented at things like that. Yeah. Some people are, and I, if you can make a cool model car, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I love the look. And I think it's just obviously it's all I'm sure it's like 90% nostalgia. Sure. Like these commercials were on all the time when I was a kid around Christmas time. So I'm sure there's some sort of like psychosomatic thing that's happening there. But your family doesn't get you like a Hess truck every year still? They I must know. know. I don't know if I talk about it as much to them. It might just be like something I just think about on my own. Could be. But the other thing too is like you don't really see Hess commercials anymore for the trucks. Every once in a while you do and I get excited. But like Hess, so like Leon Hess died uh, after he got Parcells in the late 90s. Yep. And then Hess I don't think Hess even exists anymore. I think they like sold out. I think there's like some rando Hess stations, like this random, like Howard Johnson's, but sure. it's basically done. But, um, oh my God. Yeah. If you, if I said, if I was really rich, that's what I would do. I would just get Hess. Like if someone bought me a Hess truck for Christmas this year, I'd be really excited. Like, if, like Laura got me a Hess truck. I'd be like, really excited. I'm surprised. Does she know this about you? Oh, we talk about it. I do talk about it. I, see him, I, t- I've t- I think I've talked about it a little bit. Yeah. I don't talk about it like, all the time. It's not something I think about. I, you know, you just, just get excited when you think about it. in December, excited. so I'm just thinking about I'm thinking right. about Christmas in Long Island. And like I just think they are the, like the most beautiful things in the world. Like the most beautiful toys in the world by far are Hestrux. By, hmm. by far. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So uh <laughs> <laughs> I really, No, I understand. I really people, fucking like Hestrux. No, yeah, people love there are people who love stamps or people love baseball yeah. cards or people so yeah. that makes sense to me. Yeah. Like I remember when Twitter had like the stories you could do. Yeah. Like for a while I was just just doing Hestrux. Oh no. Yeah, I did it for like, I don't know, a couple of weeks. I was, every have? day I just do a different Hess truck. That's cool. No explanation. Wait, do you have Hess trucks now? I don't have any. What? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, parents move yeah, and I moved. Yeah, right. And, they, and yeah. you know, and, and honestly, you know, you play with it enough and it's kind of scuffed up because yeah. it was white. They would get scuffed know, up easy. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, I would, yeah, I don't have any. That's too, I that's, love one. You need to get one. You have to get at least well, if one. Well, I got one, I want a lot more. I'm a completist. That's oh, why shoot. I'm going to see a movie every day for a fucking <laughs> year. Like a psychopath. I wonder how many Hess, you must know. How many Hess trucks were made? Well, like, they, I mean, types, different types. Yeah, it'd be one a year. Like, I know they started, I want to say, uh, it could be wrong. I, someone's going to prove me wrong pretty quick. I know they started, I think they started around the 40s, I think. I know, like, some of the early, or maybe even earlier than that, some of the early ones are, like, all green. Mm. And they almost look like fire trucks. Yeah. Those aren't as pretty to me. They're, it's cool. It's like, the first so one. Cool. They'd be awesome. I'm sure it's, like, a really expensive collector's item. Right. But, like, uh, to me, it's, like, the ones in the 80s, because that's sure. what I know and play with. But, like, that look of just, like, the the long truck, and the bright, bright white. Yeah. And the green, green, green. Yeah. 
that is the best in the world. And like I said, when you open the compartment, you see the little, uh, the little oil tanks, right? Or you do so, like those little details. That is like the finishing touch for me. That is like the, that is the grand slam for me. So there's probably only maybe seventy. I would think. You put a gun in my head, I'd say yeah, 60, 70, 80. Yeah. Eight, maybe a hundred at most. Yeah. I don't think they ever like doubled up. I hope not. That's achievable. Well, no, they're so expensive. Like the old ones, like, you can't find it unboxed. Like for old, old ones. You can't. You, know? you have to be like so rich. Or a they, box are, they are really expensive. Is that collector's item, you think? Oh, I think the older, yeah. yeah. Well, now, especially because yeah, they don't make it. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm sure like there's losers like me that would like go buy them. But I'm sure you could probably go get like a 1988 one that boxed up probably for, I'm guessing you could probably find, you know what I mean? You could find one if sure. you just want to do that. Right. I just like to look at them. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. That's normal, right? Yep. Um, all right. Let's talk headlines, right? Yes. See, I, you know, I, I, unlike Matt, I do a good job with the headlines, you know? People always get excited we'll when it's every other week when they're like, oh, this is a Chris headline. I don't good. think anybody's ever said that. Mm. Ever. Mm. Uh, we're December 3rd, the 9th, 1982. December 4th, uh, oh. New York State raises its drinking age to 19. Um, so uh, my mom uh, was growing up. She was born in 56. Um, she drank in high school. Like she, or right after high school, she was 18 and she was yeah. like, her friends drank and everything. So uh, drinking age was 18 for yep. her, like her entire like life until this point. Um, and New York uh, changed the, the, all the states were changing the law. It wasn't just New York. It was all the states uh, in the early 80s were changing the law. Some didn't, like some kept it 18. Some moved it up incrementally. Um, the reason for this, the, what caused this whole thing was um, the stat that kind of was the tipping point was uh, there was one year where less than 2% of the drivers were 18, okay? But yet more than 7% of alcohol-related accidents were by 18-year-olds. Yeah. And they started to see this like wild dichotomy between, it's just basically it was drinking and driving. Like all of these 18, 19, 20-year-olds were just so much more likely to get into a drunk driving accident. And uh, by 1984, that is the year America federally said enough bullshit because it was confusing for some people, like, hey, what, you know, can well, I, people yeah. cross state lines? We live close to Massachusetts. We live close to Maine. You might fuck that up. Right. Yeah. Or you might just run to Maine and go to the bar and sure. come home or whatever. Right. Um, so the, they made it just federally mandated. It's 21 years old. And that was that. Uh, I remember the guy that played Skippy from Family Ties. Um, I want to say his name is Mark Price, but it's the same name as the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers player. But I think it is Mark Price. Um, he was a stand up comedian. And he was that of that age. And he was ta- he talked about it in one of his acts. He's like, this is ridiculous. Like, it was like one year I could, when I was 18, I could drink. Right. But when I was 19 and 20, I couldn't, couldn't anymore. Drink. It was so bizarre and it sucked. He's like, it's worse because I took away some, it's, it's like, if you never knew it, if it was always 21, you were like, you'd be like, oh, that sucks, but whatever. But when you were able to enjoy a bar for a year and they take that away from you. For it's, two years? It's, it's fucking worse. bullshit. Yeah. I think it's, I think it is bullshit. I think they should have made a grandfather in. I think it's really, the way they handled it was really wrong. Oh, that's surprising. The fucking government putting a fucking law and doing it wrong. That's so super surprising. What is surprising. your take on drink? That's what I was curious. I was, what is your take on the drinking age? Oh, I don't think there should be any drinking age whatsoever. You, yeah, you can't because it's like, yeah. No, no, of course not. I don't want anybody busting anybody for that. It's pre-crime. Like if you're trying to stop accidents, well, they haven't gotten to an accident yet. So you, you bust people for, for doing crimes, not pre-crimes. Well, they would push back and say, well, you're, you know, the stats are showing that the roads are becoming more and more insane, which they really were. Accidents did go down when they dropped, when they put this in, I believe. Fine. But I still don't, I mean, you, you can't use a lot of hurt people and take their stuff. And this is an example of them doing it. You're, you're talking about peaceful people doing peaceful actions. You can't use laws against them. I have real issues with, you know, when we're, when Matt was 18, when I was 18, yeah, I'm yeah. sure we had to go do selective service. That's exactly right. Okay. So, okay, so you're telling me I have to potentially go to war. Go to war. But I can't have a beer? 
Like what even what about even the privacy of my own home? Like you're gonna fuck you. It's fuck wild. You. Yeah. Well, when they changed the so it's pretty interesting reading this article. I read the actual New York Times article from that day. Yep. And they're like, well, how it's gonna work is you can drink in your home as long as you're with your parents. Your parents are the one that gives you the booze. But he's like, but good luck challenging that in court. You'll like you'll lose like if someone was found guilty of drinking in their home, like they would win. And yeah. the, like the law was so vague because it was so nebulous. It was so well, state by state. What always fucking happens too. So then when the federal thing came in in May 21 and like, then, then the law was, was pretty science sealed and delivered. Right. Um, now, uh, recently they've been making, we've, we've been seeing this the last couple of years of cigarettes. Different states are raising the cigarette age. They are. To uh, summer, I think Massachusetts is 20. Are we 21 here in New Hampshire? I don't know. I don't think so. The, but states are bumping it up from, I know 1819 yeah. was a thing, just like yep. here. Like we're starting to see it again, um, which I hate smoke. I think smoking is absolutely disgusting. Um, it, it's, like, it's like the worst. I, I'm young. I'm old enough to remember when smoking was everywhere. It's yep. so gross. I hate it in my clothes. You know what? That should be, it should be legal for 18 year olds. Of course. Like and if, it's not, if, you, if I'm going to ask you to go to war. Right. You should be able to buy a pack well, of smokes. Well, also, I mean, bars are, it's illegal for bars. No, I mean, if you don't want to go to a bar where there's smoking, then don't go to the, like, or if you, if you, if yeah. you hate smoking in bars, don't fucking go there. Like, I will say you. one thing though about that. So I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, as gross as it is though. I know. Um, I, it, I remember when that happened though, all the bars were like, we're going to go out of business, but that didn't happen. Like, people aren't going to stop drinking because they can't smoke. But people, remember people were freaking out. People were freaking out. Well, it's such a bullshit thing for New Hampshire to live free or from motherfucking die, but you can't, you can't decide what's happening in your own in your own establishments like such yeah, bullshit. Right. I was a smoker for a decade. Um, but, uh, and I don't smoke now and I would find it gross now. Um, I think it's complete bullshit to so legislate that. The people who are listening to this and disagreeing with, with us would say, all right, well, Matt, yeah. You know why you stopped smoking? Cause culture, cause of moves like this made it. No, it's cause I'm a smart guy. And I knew that smoking that smart. Kill me. to begin with. Yeah. But when you're 18, you know, like I smoked when I, from I, I was 18 until I was 28. Yeah. But when you're 18, you think you're invincible and smoke though. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't smoke. Well, we, you didn't I, like we, we knew what the dangers no, were. Smoking is cool, though. It makes you feel good for a little while. Mm. And then it started, then the effects, you know, negative effects happen. But we, but knew, what the, we knew what the risks were, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Like, a reason a lot of people stop smoking. But that doesn't matter. You can't, unless, unless you're saying someone else owns, owns my body and can tell me what I can put into it or not put into it. Like, but I don't believe that. I believe that I own my body and no one gets to tell me what I put in my body besides me. Society made it so smoking was so much less desirable. Oh, so, yeah, I think that's um, true. Yeah, but you know, right. you know, you see all these like smokers now; they're outside in the cold, like smoking cigarettes because they yeah. can't. You know, when we were kids, people smoked everywhere. Totally inside every planes everywhere. everywhere. Yes, cars. Uh, I remember yes. planes of an ashtrays like right. on the on the uh, the red, you know, the armrest, on the armrest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was everywhere. Yes. Um, if imagine a fucking non-smoking section in a plane, it's so ridiculous. It's so stupid. <laughs> um, I flew, I flew those planes. I know. Um. So dumb. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was everywhere. It was, it was so everywhere that you didn't even notice in your clothes because your yeah. clothes just always smelled like that. Like it was just, it was just how things smelt back then. Right. Like if we were time travelers and went back, as I always say, I want to go back to 1986. If I did, I'd have a really hard time like dealing oh, with the cigarette smoke. Yeah, you would. Um, yeah. And Stephen King says though, when he was doing that book, 11, 22, 63, the character initially goes back to, I think 1958 to start. Um, but, uh, the first thing he notices is like the smell of the pollution. He's like, Oh, yep. everything just smells like fucking like shit. So things that are more flavorful. But uh, like the stuff he's eating is like has so much more flavor. It's like almost like intense. But yeah. he says uh, the smell was really uh, would, would really consume us for a little while. I think that's probably right. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, but I mean, the, you know, the other the other side of this argument, I say, well, you know, we put in these laws and that helped expedite society making smoking less desirable. Yeah, and I, I think they're right. I'd say the trade about that. I totally yeah maybe. But I also ah, they're right about that. I don't know because people. <sighs> 
I mean, there's always this claim after the effect, after the after the fact, too. Just like the child labor laws, that was actually going out of style by the time the government acted on that. Yeah, like, but fin- come on. No, but but You're you not know, against child labor laws. Oh no, uh, no, I'm against the laws. I'm not, I wouldn't have a kid do you know? You're against the to, child labor laws. I'm against. Any law that that uh, yes yes no, yes yes, yes, yes. That's, that's no because that that's, wasn't that's even crazy. happening anyway that wasn't even happening anyway <laughs> by the time that was going you know on. that people would if the, if there wasn't a law in place people there's so many assholes you can't exploit you can't exploit children I agree that's why you have to have that law well I don't know I, I'd have to think about exactly the the nature of what the law is in particular but any law that prevent see the thing thing is if you're under there's also there are this, some good laws there's Matt. Some, Yet laws that don't allow you to hurt people. And well, the, yeah, like you can't murder people, of course. Right. You can't hurt people. You can't take their stuff. You, that's should, it. you shouldn't put seven year olds to work. That's, that's, so I'm okay saying that. Well, should at be a some law. point, right. That's, so that's, that's good. Hold on. At some point, it's an, a person is an adult or they're not an adult. That's really the question. I and agree. so pre adult, then it's really a family's decision. It's not like a kid well, can't. No, because like families are assholes. They put their, put their seven year old to work. I that's say abuse. go for it. I say, uh, fine. I'm, you have a kid. Let's put your kid to work. That's what we're going to do. Support the family. Jesus. What am I doing? <laughs> I know, it's a different argument. No, but you the argument- you're cra- you, What you're saying is you're like, oh, I'm a crazy person, but I'm saying this. I don't think I'm a crazy person at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> you must realize like, at some point, like, like, like I'm just saying the some ideology, of the, no, I'm I guess, no way those, of reality. No, no. I'm saying that, that a lot of times those laws are not necessary because they happen too late. Like the smoking laws, people were already already knew that smoking caused cancer. All that shit smoking was happening. Was definitely smoking was going way, way, way I down agree. anyway. So by the time the government reacted to it, it was already going that way anyway. But governments are quick to take fucking credit for that shit. The same thing with child labor laws. Like that shit was going out of fashion by the time they acted on it anyway. <laughs> it was. I think it's, I'm glad they acted. I'm, I'm pro child labor laws. All right, there you go. <laughs> take a hot take on that. Unbelievable. That's, that's, that's insane. Um, but yeah, so drinking age, Matt and I, maybe, maybe I'm starting to doubt myself now. Matt and I both agree it should, it should be 18, <laughs> but now I think it probably should be 34. Um, <laughs> Jan, uh, December 4th, the same day, unemployment hit 10.8%. That is nuts. Uh, which was a post-war record. Uh, in fact, it was the highest since 1940. Um, any care to guess what it was in April of 2020? See, I don't trust the metric. I don't know. I don't trust the metric. But I mean, what, what is this? 10.8 was the metric they put out, but it was 14.4. It's pretty wild. It doesn't count the people who stopped looking for a job. But April 2020, though, I think it's actually a pretty good uh, glimmer because people were, it was so new to the pandemic. was so yeah, new. Might, that might be I right. Pretty, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty apt. That might be right. Um, it's pretty that's wild crazy. to go from, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's what how shut down a fucking everybody's businesses. But the interesting thing is December 4th, 82, if you don't know any better, you might think, all right, well, Ronald Reagan has been in office for two years now, 81 and 82, right? And uh, Ronald Reagan means good economy. But it mm-hmm. actually took a while. Yeah. For the, econ- the economy is so fucked uh, during the Carter. It was not, it's not all on Carter. I mean, you know, Ford into Carter. Nixon economy actually was great. And I'm not giving Nixon credit. It's just, it's cyclical. It's just the way it went. But, um, but the, that shows you how bad the economy and the morale was in this country in the late, very, you know, 79, 80, 81. Right. It was like, it took like three years to pull out of this. 10% is nuts. It's wild, right? Especially, you know, you think, everyone thinks, if you're young, you think, oh, 80s, economy good. Oh, no, it took a while to get there. Um, but it also had a huge crash. I mean, in, in late 80s. What was, the, what was the stock market? 87. 87? Yeah. I mean, still. But, like, it, it, but even that took a while for it to rear its head. It wasn't until like 89 when that, the 87 crash, like, paid dividends to regular folk. Right. Oh, uh, we hit that recession. You know, it's funny, the 80s, I was thinking this, watching this movie, and I was thinking this, especially watching First Blood. First Blood feels much more like a 70s movie than it 80s does. movies. Um, this feels more like a 70s movie than... You think this one does? 
This feels maybe like because this feels the way, like, actually this feels like a movie at uh, being torn apart. Yeah, I was thinking maybe because of the way San Francisco looks, that kind of makes but it the feel first a little 25 more twenty five minutes feels like a seventies movie. I can see that. Eddie Murphy feels like an eighties. Yeah, yeah. Eddie. That's what makes the movie also so jarring. Is you have an eighties character right. in a seventies movie, and it's like this doesn't work. Like, doesn't, it doesn't quite it work. Doesn't quite. Um, and also why he just stands out. He's he's just he's like he's like a creature from the future. Yep. Just, uh, it's it's wild because uh, he's so talented. And he's so ahead of his time. Yeah, I can see that. But you, you know, this is a weird time. You know, you know, the eighties that we think of the big hair, the uh, you know, Stallone as Rambo, and when he's doing Rambo, Rambo, it's not really Mid Rambo. to late. 80s. It's really a short. It's really like eighty three, eighty four to like eighty four, really to like eighty eight. Yeah. The eighties as we know of is really a very, very short, short time. Right. Um. And it's true in movies and music and TV. Um, December 7th, Charlie Brooks becomes the first person. It's his first person anywhere, uh, certainly in America, executed by lethal injection. The first person to ever be lethally injected. Um, I mean, I'll believe you, but uh, it seems kind of late. It does. Because what were they doing? Electric chair before then? Probably. Electric chair, I guess other other. I mean, tools. hanging what, but I think yeah. that stopped right. earlier than this. This is the first person even executed in Texas uh, since 64. Oh, wow. Um, now they're fucking executing people like left and right. Right, I know. We're, we're, yeah. So this is interesting. Yeah. I think this is going to mean you were both anti-death penalty. Yeah. Um, so this is wild. So here's what happened. Here's, here's, what, led him, here's what led poor Charlie Brooks to his, uh, to his end. Yeah. His demise, if you will. Uh, him and his, uh, so he's, he has a buddy. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if this, how much of this is premeditated or not. It sounds like some of it was Charlie by himself goes to a a used car dealership. It's like, I want to give this car a test run. It's a, it's a very like rack. It's a, um, very like ramshackle used cars. Yeah. It's actually the mechanic is the one who's like, I think also the car dealer. It's like, Oh, I'll go for the ride with you. No problem. So Charlie and this guy go for a ride. They pick up the buddy. Oh, really? Oh, they, hey, let's go swing by and, uh, and grab pick my, up my buddy. My now, buddy. by that point, the me- I don't know what the mechanic's situation was. He might have been like, I don't want to do this. I don't know what happened. You yeah, know? yeah. We don't know. We don't know. We, we never know what happened to him because, well, we know what happened to him, but we don't know what he's thinking. Pick up the buddy. They go to a hotel room, I believe, and they um, torture this guy to some extent. Someone shoots him. Okay. Now, it might be Charlie. It might be the buddy. Right. Neither Charlie nor the buddy would ever say. And maybe they didn't know. I don't know if drugs were involved. I don't know what happened, but no one knows who took that shot. Okay. Because of that, the state then was able to try them both for murder. Oh man. They both go to court. They both go sentenced for death. Right. Okay. Charlie, for whatever reason, uh, his number was up first dies, right? Gets killed. Gets killed. Lethal injection. His buddy, um, was uh ended up shortly after that was able to get another hearing or get his sentence well, you changed. can say you killed the guy who killed he the never guy. did that he never did that okay as far as i know maybe he did but as far as i know he did i didn't see that now, okay I don't know this. i'm not super i, I did right. a little research i didn't you know yeah sure i didn't interview i get these it, guys. Yeah. You, you hack headlines i get it <laughs> this is a great story <laughs> you know you know like how miles above you in this yeah, you don't remember to do them um <laughs> so the buddy was able to get his sentence changed to 40 years uh, ends up get this gets paroled after 11 oh my god so the crime happened in 76 before the 80s were over this guy was on the streets meanwhile poor charlie brooks well dead well maybe not poor charlie brooks because either way he participated i'm not i'm not look i, I don't mean it like that i'm yeah. just simply saying we're seeing why death penalty is not good because it's not 
Because the state's not infallible. It's so, like, vague. Exactly. And things can change, and attitudes can change. People can be pardoned. Other people yes. won't be pardoned. And it's not... It's, it, laws need to be very clear. And they're not. If they're vague, you're giving the people making the laws more power. Exactly. It's pretty simple. Um, the Charlie Brooks thing, I think, is a really great example of why death penalty is, is not right. Because... The way it's situated in our current law, it doesn't work. Not only that, but they also could have murdered someone who never pulled a trigger. Now, bad guy, absolutely. Yeah, Kidn- tortured a guy, did kidnapped. He, did he kidnap someone? Yes, yes. No question Violent about crime, it. yes. Did he at least assist in a murder? Absolutely. No argument here. The guy should be locked up. And maybe he should. Maybe sentences should be stronger. I don't know. Whatever. It's a violent crime. I'm not... But we don't know if he murdered someone. Right. And even if he did, if they both, they, if they both pulled a trigger then it's not fair that one guy gets 11 years in prison and one guy is dead. It's yep. not, something's broken there. Yeah, we've, t- I mean. Like whether you're pro or death penalty or against it, something's broken. Something's broken. Well, not only that, there are statistics of a number of people who've been on death row, who have gotten off death row. Yes. Because it's been proven that they didn't do the crime. Now that we have DNA, it's opened up a lot of that. So it happens. before we had DNA, how many people were put to death who shouldn't have been? It happens like every month. It's crazy. Innocence Project. I've said it. Innocence.com, I think is what it is. Follow Innocence on 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 uh, Twitter. They do God's work. They're lawyers who take a look using DNA on whether or not death, uh, death penalty, um, people on death row should be there or not. And they keep fucking finding out that they shouldn't have been and we would have put them to death. So it's fucked up. State's not infallible. You can put them in prison for life. At least... There's at least there's going back. At least you can. I mean, there are plenty of people who've been locked up for 30 years and shouldn't have been. The state fucking makes mistakes, or they they either make mistakes or they or they fucking railroad you. Um, that happens too. But at least if they're alive, you you can make it. You can try to make amends at some point. Uh, if you kill you him, can't you can't free Charlie Brooks now. He's dead. He's dead. And I'm not saying he should be free. He, no, he, maybe he should be in jail forever. Yeah, anyway. Torture someone and yeah, but. And no matter how you look at it, whether you're against this or for this, you think Matt and I are crazy or whatever, um, Matt's definitely crazy. But however you want to look at it, you can't, you can't say the same people committed this, this same crime and then one guy is out in 11 years. That makes no fucking sense. No sense. None. No. It, 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 I, don't I, like I it. was really stunned. You know, I saw the article and then I, I was like, oh, it's, I'm like, is it? So I had the same thing you did. I'm like, a, that can't be. So I actually did like a deeper dive. Yeah, I'm like, that can't the be the first one. Right. You think it would be By earlier. all accounts, it is the first one. Yeah. But then I saw that article about the other guy that got out. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So it's like another example of why that penalty is just not great. It just great. doesn't work. And believe me, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm the older I get, I was much like, I don't know. The, the older I get, the less, the more I see the, the, a, the inequalities in the criminal justice system, um, especially for poor people, uh, minorities, they really do uh, get targeted for things, which is bullshit. I'm not saying it happens all the time. I'm not saying everyone in jail is innocent victim. It's not the case. Most if you people, look at the numbers, it's pretty clear. That something's going on yeah. here, and a lot of it has, but the most disgusting thing to me uh, is the uh, prisons for profit. Building these prisons um, uh, that, that to me is the most despicable. Basically, companies are have lobbyists that their jobs ride on building more prisons. And if you have prisons, you got to fill them up. So, like, we're creating a world, an industry where it's we're imprisoning people for money. That's yeah, I mean, fucked up. Yeah, I, there, neither neither option's good though. A government run option isn't good either because there, there's at, at, there's no competition there at all. So that you can't have you can't have like better you can't have better options at all. You're, they're not really beholden to anybody except for you would say, okay, well, they're beholden to the voters, but not really. They're just people with almost unlimited power who get to 
pay their friends who have who run prisons. So I don't. Neither option's really good. It's not. They're both they're both shitty. But I don't think anyone should make money off someone being in prison. Like I you mean, know what I mean? Like I, well, like, people do because because guards are getting paid. No, are but getting I mean, paid. like I mean, from industry perspective. Well, but but then there are suppliers of the prisons too. Everybody is. They're all there. It's not like if it's government run, it isn't private industry who are creating, who are building the prisons, who are there. There is an industry around it. I think the industry of a guard. Oh, maybe, or maybe I'm being naive here. But it's like defense contractors. Same thing. It, what's that? Like defense contract or, or like, or, you know, Raytheon. Well, I, don't, I don't like, well, I really don't like that. I don't like anyone who's a lobbyist. Anyone who has the power to have a lobbyist is able to influence laws, influence politicians that are profiting off of death oh, I don't or, like lobbyists or either. incarceration. No. Like, that's not great. <laughs> I know, but what's the other option? So, no, I don't, if there should not be any lobbyists. I fucking hate right. the lobbyists. Yes. Absolutely. I agree. But the problem is the government isn't industry. It can't create all those goods and products for no. these things, right? So they do have to hire companies out to do it. The whole thing sucks, but just having it like- But we had prisons built in this country in the last 20 years, 30 years, because it made money. Yeah. Not because we needed prisons. Well, and you wonder why uh, the incarceration rate in the United States is so high. Like yes. why we have the biggest incarceration um, population, incarcerated population in the fucking world. It's crazy. If we're the freest country in the world, we have the, the, the most amount of uh, incarcerated people. It's fucking ridiculous. I'm, I'm with you. Part of that though is stripping down the power. Like you, you can't, um, we got to go back to scenarios where you don't get put in prison for nonviolent offenses. That's part of it. But you're right. The lobbyists, they want these tough laws. They want the drug war because everybody wants the drug war because you got cops benefiting from it. You got people who are supplying them. Um, all, you know, all these ma people making swap materials. You got the prisons all happy to make money for nonviolent fucking drug people in prison. It's, it's, it, the whole thing sucks. So a black kid, I was in New York, a black kid jumps the turnstile. Cop fucking tackles this nah. kid. He was like 16, 17. Tackles this kid to the ground. Like a full, like full on like fuck, right? Man, yeah. I jumped a turnstile because my car didn't work. Yeah. I was in a suit. I was going to work. I told the cop, I said, hey, just wanted to let you know I jumped that turnstile. He laughed in my face and walked away. Like, just, why yeah. are you bothering me with this basically? Right. I say, oh, I see. So, you know, we committed the same crime. Yeah. One guy got laid out on a concrete floor. And maybe that has something to do with race and what, and maybe it has something to do with how you're dressed, who even knows, or could just be one day, like one cop is a fucking asshole and one's not, but. I don't think any cop was, I've never seen a cop tackle a guy in his, you know what I mean? Terms, I wasn't, yeah. I was never gonna get tackled. I don't care who the cop was. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. The, the whole thing sucks. It's, it's, it's not right. Um, like Matt and I solve crime. It's done. Matt's gonna put these kids to work and solve some crime. <laughs> Seven year olds. Unbelievable take. Uh, that's why I love doing the show. With him. I didn't He's mean wild, it like man. that. I meant like it's too fucking late at that point. Yeah. It's like the shit's, shit's it's changing the kids, anyway. The kids weren't working. We don't need the kids were working. They were in school. No one would ever do that again, I'm sure, right? Not, well, I mean, I'm not putting past anything happening right now in this place. I, I think shit's getting bad. Matt's, Matt's, shit's Matt, getting bad. Matt thinks the whole world's gonna end. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving. I'm out. Fucking out. So we don't even know what we're doing next week. So I don't know what to tell you guys, but uh, that's ridiculous that we don't know what we're doing. I want to know. Just the way it goes. All right. We're down to, uh, yeah, I mean, it could be one of 10 movies, I guess, at this point, really. Yeah, that's right. Technically. Um, it sounds like it might be like a, a, a lukewarm comedy. A mediocre like fucking water boy movie. Or, or whatever. Uh, saving Silverman. It's a lukewarm comedy. At least from, we like, can do that water boy accent, though. Days and Confused. To. Oh, it could be that. They're all like from the 90s, right? Mm, like what was days in, oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. uh lukewarm i think waterboy might by 2001 or 2000 like same so much around that same time that's an adam sandler right waterboy yes Do people like that movie 
<laughs> you didn't know it was Adam Sandler? I'm just joking. Yes, I remember. Oh, who's, a, who's the woman? Kathy uh, Bates. Kathy Bates. Yes. That's Oscar winner. <laughs> that was a Kathy weird Bates. one for her. I, I, yeah, I don't know. And then we have, um, we have four movies still that have never even been voted on. And Daisy Fuse hasn't won yet, so I don't, I don't know. It could be anything. Is that tomorrow morning it ends? Like early in the morning, right? Tomorrow. Not, not our tomorrow. Did their tomorrow. I'm, what? No, I was oh. talking about uh, our, our tomorrow is right. when we'll know about Daisy. Yes. Yeah, okay. But uh, then you got to do the playoffs. So you're doing four right. groups of four, and yeah. then there's going to be one last vote. That's why we won't know until Saturday. Um, and then uh, <sighs> if, uh, if you have time, check out uh, at a theater near me. Wait, uh, you can two go, ad reads for this? Yeah. It's a big <laughs> fucking deal. Oh, yeah. It is. So it's going to be produced super well, too. It's going to be awesome. I love the sound quality. How great is it going to be when it sounds better than anything you've ever done? You're going to be so upset. Uh, that's impossible. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, yeah, if you want to hear, uh, you know, and not, not hear Matt's crazy, you know, take volume. Having <laughs> six-year-olds go back to work. Fucking making shoes. Um, you can listen to at a theater near me. Uh, and uh, you can get that anywhere you get podcasts. I said, uh, please subscribe uh, if you like the show. And if you throw a five-star review, it, I love, love that too. If you want to wait and hear the show, I understand that too. Because we wouldn't review something we haven't heard. So I don't want to. It's we like, would, no, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I kind of hate asking because they haven't heard the, the trailer. Like, you hear that. I mean, Give it a five-star review and fucking down. Who gives a shit? Just fucking do it. It helps. Makes me happy. It, right. Makes me think, oh, that's nice. They're giving a five star to you, my friend. Give them a four. Give them a no, four no, no, star. No, 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 no. Give me five. No, no, Maybe no, no, no. Three no, no. and a half. Four. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, no, don't we do have, that. Are, we that's shitty. Four Actually, yeah. Because of the because of the the fucking asshole. Someone's already given me a one star review. <laughs> on what? On uh, no. <laughs> I people are, seen, I, people are such no, dicks. But, oh, everyone's great though. You can't get mad. Ninety nine percent of people. I know. You know, one percent of people be clowns. That's fine. That's fine. I hate it when friends though give like a three star. I hope a friend wouldn't do that. Yeah, but no, we've had friends in the past who've given a three star. Not real friends, but close friends. Clo- you know, friendly mm. people who've yeah. given us. Or they wouldn't be friends anymore. Lukewarm. That's not very nice. It's like fuck off. Yeah, Just help, don't give us a review out. at all. Like we, I don't yeah. care about your wow, your comments. Like whatever. Right. Right. Start your own podcast, asshole. Just don't comment at all. So in your world, <laughs> in your world, you have like a six-year-old, you know, yeah, let's uh, do this. working construction, let's do this. but also smoking at the same time <laughs> yes. while you enjoy a drink. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I, no, part of the problem is I think people don't think parents are responsible where the vast majority of parents really are responsible. They're not going to want to do that to their kid. The reason why kids were working, like my great-grandmother, uh, you know, she's gone for 15 years now, but she lived into her early 90s, 94, 95 years old. She came over from France as a young girl, and France was a where she was living in Paris was a fucking shithole. And she came to the United States. Her, her entire family came in; they were dirt poor. And yes, as a as a as a early teenage girl, she was working in the mills. Yes, but like it made a better life for them. All of the, her entire family was working, and they scrapped and saved, and were able to get a house and live better over time. And it was much better than her fucking starving in Paris. And she ended up having, you know, making a good life for my grandfather, became a really good dude. The world changed since then. I mean, that's like, what I'm so saying. Many, is like, like social shit, safety nets, Yeah, so. but people are, are like, are demonizing that period in time where it's like, no, these are families who came from other places because those were shitholes. Right. And there was opportunity here. Yeah. But By the time you had child, child labor laws here, that shit wasn't happening. Americans were so rich that that shit was not really happening. But they took credit for it. Oh, look at look at what we did. We abolished child labor laws. I'm, and sh- I'm, sh- I, I don't, I'm sure there was some. I think most parents are great, are really good parents. Yes, most people, yes, parents yes, care. Yes. Like it's part of our you know DNA to care about our kids, right? Mm-hmm. And everything. No. But even if you have one percent of parents that don't that that put their kids to work, that's not. We need laws to protect us from that. Yeah, laws protect us. That law, yes, laws is from like murder, robbery, like violent crime, and child labor laws. 
I say, yes, I'm, I'm okay with the laws there. I don't think laws prevent really murder. I don't think anybody who's murdering someone's like, oh, you know what? I think it helps, man. Maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to take that chance. I'm, I'm okay. Let's, You're, let's keep murdering the boys. Let's I'm keep trying with, labels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> murder, <laughs> just, I'm with you. Yeah, I think, I think. Murder's fucking immoral, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah, keep that. Right. Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. <laughs> All right. Anything else with this goddamn episode? The toy. The toy is Patreon tomorrow. and then yeah. unknown next Saturday. Yeah, the toy and uh, Dirty Laundry. Yes, by uh, Don Henley. Okay, good. I'll see you all. You'll see them all too. What?